It's about sharing, Adam. It's about sharing. <laughs> Thank you. Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. It's Thursday, December 20th, 2012. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 471. This is No Agenda. A bright but painfully awkward young man here coming to you from Gitmo Nation Lowlands, day 14, living in exile in Amsterdam. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where the sleigh bells are ringing as the some sort of a weird cart's going down the street. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm glad you bring that up. I'm so happy that uh, you've uh, in, not only insulted me now with your so-called fake Santa Claus, uh, like like I'm 12 or something. But you also hey, so some, has anybody hey, wait wait until the nor every year they have the NORAD report. No, 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 no. But but also you, it's like you sent out this newsletter. Okay, I just got a gripe about this. You sent out this newsletter, and uh, and it's like and, and and by the way, you guys should know the process is that John always sends me the newsletter beforehand and says you know take a, you know have a look over. And I say, oh, that's cool. And I'm reading there. Oh, you know, Roger McGuinn, he, he made a, a Christmas song for us. I'm like, this is going to rock. This is going to be so awesome. And then I, you know, I get the email. I'm like, it's a freaking Christmas song. There's, not, there's no, no agenda content in there. There's no like, there, there wasn't like, you know, the evil elites or Hillary's going to eat me. You know, you better watch out. None of that. I didn't ask him to write original content. No, but but just you, wanted a Christmas tune. Yeah, but you send you send it out like, oh, this is I'm I'm, like, I'm excited. I mean, this is going to be fantastic, <laughs> and it's just like we wish you a merry Christmas. We wish. <laughs> what happened to like a bogative New Year? I mean, any one of our uh, 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 Roger McQueen, sure he's a he's a superstar. A bogative he's, New he, Year, I, okay, you know maybe he could re recut it. I mean, he's a I like the bogative New Year. <laughs> he's a bird. <laughs> bogative New Year. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he could do it. We can write this. Is, but you know, this is the point. It's like the guy's a bird. Okay, well, I get know? it. I just thought a Christmas song would be a nice idea. Since when did you become so mushy-mashy to send an actual Christmas song with our Gitmo Nation newsletter? What is wrong? What did you do with the real John C. Dvorak? Give him back to me. I think the police are coming to get me. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. All right. I'll have to deal with this for the rest of the show. Uh, anyway, so I went to Target. Let me explain what I did. Yeah. Oh, please! I went to Target. Yeah, and they had all these one dollar stocking stuffers. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of sound effect devices oh, in there. Yeah, it's anyway, just stuff that normally you do not give to your kids because they drive you crazy. Instead, I you, gave it to myself. Instead, you yeah, and you bring them on the best podcast in the universe. Oh, it's nice. Uh, so uh, two weeks I've been here now officially. Two weeks, uh, and we still have no uh, end date in sight. Which of yeah, course, that sounds right. That's welcome to the uh, U.S. of A. government. Yeah, and of course, you know, this is our last show ever. Yeah, tomorrow's the big day. Exactly, exactly. It's all over. So we got to make this one count. Yeah. So, what difference does it make if you're in Europe or not? <laughs> well, you know, some people, you know, the, of course, there's a lot of um, awakened human resources here in uh, Gitmo Nation Lowlands, and. And they're all happy to say hi, and uh, they're sending little notes and little tweets and stuff, and and now stuff on Google Plus because oh yeah, I'm building up my engaged audience on Google Plus. Thank you, Mike Elgin, and uh, <laughs> he screwed me over. And uh, and they're like, well, you know, so a lot of them are really awake and they're in tune, and they're like, hey man, the the light brought you here for a reason. 
You're here for the cha- <laughs> oh, this is not in tune. <laughs> yes, this is nuts. Yes, no, you're you're here for the changeover, and there's got to be a reason for it. And you know what? I'm holding on to that a little bit. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll take that. I'll uh, I'll, I'll buy that for a bit. I'm okay. I'm okay with it. You know, being a little more special here. I'll tell you something though. We don't have this uh, what I'm calling campaign of tension or the strategy of of terror being. Uh, bestowed upon the people of Gitmo Lowlands. My goodness, when you sit back a little bit and you're just looking at the news network and stuff that people are posting and kind of the the clips from the mainstream that I can't I can't really watch here. Oh my god, you guys are under assault there in uh, in in America. You're under assault by a bunch of morons on mainstream television. It must hurt just to turn just to even touch the remote control to turn it on. You just noticed this? Well, it's we're not we're not seeing that here. You see, you have to understand that. Remember when uh, seventy-seven kids were killed in Norway by right. by Anders Breivik? And by the way, you know, killed with uh, with uh, the, uh, an assault rifle, and the guy he was dressed up like a seal, and he had all this crazy stuff, and he you know he was a militant, and he shot people and you know kids in the head, kids in America. We went, oh, well, that sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that What's sucks. A, who's playing on Sunday? You know, and here this is the thing: is when you have it, it's like when it's a different community. It's like a, a, people here, are like, oh yeah, well, I guess Obama's gonna, you know, get rid of your guns, huh? Because you know that's kind of that's kind of lame. You know, it's uh, there's no conversation about it really. It was you know headline news, obviously, when it happened. It's over. Is it now a week ago? I think uh, almost a week ago. Yeah, um, a week ago. Yeah, headline, headline yeah, news. Almost. Yeah, and then and you know now it's you know sporadic maybe. You know, page three or four, you know, it's really, it's not, it's not discussed at all, at all. In fact, uh, I got a note from uh, one of well, our... Well, you're better, hey, stop right there. Wow. Well, you should consider yourself lucky. You can't get this, no matter what you turn on, it's just nothing but droning on about gun control yeah. and how terrible this was. Yeah. And, of course, then there was the, the cool thing was this, they found out some guy who was, a, a, I guess, an actor... I don't yeah, know if now, you saw now, that clip. Now, now, of course I've seen this. And you can you can see the clip at um uh oh I had a I had a dad I think it's dadactor.curry.com. I just I, I cuz I knew this would come up. And I have spoken to a couple actors here about this. So I'm very curious to hear your take on uh on what you think is going on here. I don't have much of a take, but I did find the original uh the original the original use of the guy uh, and it was on Wolf Blitzer's show. Yeah, I just happened to have it still on the on the DVR, and I said, "Oh my God, there's this character." Well, you so you you actually have it uh, outside of what the uh, what the YouTube clip is because the YouTube clip is pretty crappy, I have to say. Yeah, and it, well, and, you, and it you, ends you, without any context. This, this guy was a um, you know somebody said he's an actor or whatever. They they somebody was was um, shooting him with a, with a phone camera. Or no, or shooting. I don't know why they. No, even got no, no. This what thing. it looked like to me, from what I saw, is that they cut to this press conference early, and you can hear Wolf Blitzer. At least that's the clip I have. You can hear Wolf Blitzer going, "Okay, uh, we're going to have." Um, uh, I forget his name. Anyway, the dad. Uh, his name is Robbie Parker. Right, Rob, Robbie Parker. We're gonna gonna have him speak, and while Wolf is doing the voiceover. They start to pan over, and that's when you see him, you know, smiling and joking and laughing, and then, as people claim, start to center himself. Uh, to yeah, right. He get gets into, into a mode. Conference. Yeah, yeah. 
And someone else says, just read from the card, which is very, you can just barely hear that. I didn't hear that. And, no, I didn't hear that. He is, he is yeah, reading from a card. Some, I, he is reading from a card. That's correct. And he, uh, so he comes out jo joking around, and then he, then he sets himself in front of the camera, and then he go, goes into character. That's what it appears to be, yes. Yeah, he goes into character, and then they use him. They only use him for a split second on the on the actual presentation of the Wolf Blitzer show, and they dramatize the whole thing. I happen to have it, if you want to play that, because yeah, it actually came out good. And that uh, the clip is called... Um, the Faker? Fake actor dad <laughs> in original context. Let's listen to it. Of the disaster here in Connecticut continues. Oh, first of all, great. This is so much better than the audio I have. Right now. She was the type of person that could just light up the room. She, uh, she always had something kind to say about anybody. A grieving father on his beautiful six-year-old daughter gunned down, gunned down in her own elementary school this hour unspeakable pain and unanswered questions in the massacre that has shattered a quiet town and stunned the nation that's very interesting this is not what i have i have something completely different now you have made like some something dramatized after the fact or something this was i think one of his original presentations and i think it had uh -huh. to be a little bit after the fact because they had a big picture of emily with special typeface they brought the guy on. They took that little clip, and then, then I guess apparently Wolf Blitzer figures he's going to get fired any minute, so he's, he's practicing <laughs> for for his voiceover work. With, gunned down, gunned, gunned down, down. Twice. He's, he's doing a retake now. I've, I've <laughs> I caught that. Let me uh, hold on a second. I have it here somewhere. Um, uh, uh interesting. This is funny because I think that you, I saw your clip and then uh, I was like, uh, whatever. It's the audio is is pretty bad, but you should you should just take a look at uh, if you just take a look at the uh, at the video. I sent clip. you a, a link. Yeah, uh, I, ha I have it here. So here I, from I, one of the sites that has been. Yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah I got moaning that. about this. Yeah, let me play this for a second. This is uh, um okay. Hold on a second. Uh, why won't this open, people? Ah, this is so annoying. Let me get your link here, Robbie Parker. <laughs> That's really helping, John. That makes me feel great. I'm <laughs> just trying to fill dead air. <laughs> okay, very it's good. It's dead air we're talking about. <laughs> here we go. He's going to come out to the microphones now and make a statement. Uh, looks like the family is there, and they're getting ready to make uh, to come to the microphone. Here he is. Now he's smiling. He's laughing. Wolf is doing okay. just the voiceover, and then he goes into this centering thing. My name's Robbie Parker. Yeah, so you, you really have to see it. Uh, and, yeah, and no, you it, have to see it. This is one of those things that we can't really get no. across on the radio. So so let me um, – let, here's maybe this will help a little bit. Let me give you some perspective from what I've been seeing over here uh, as someone who's interested. Uh, most people here are not interested. And, in fact, I have uh, understood from several from our Gitmo Nation East parents – that uh, that most parents in the UK are not are not talking to their kids about it. They're turning off the news. They're basically blacking this out uh, because quote they want their kids to have a, a happy Christmas. 
And they just, you know, and it's it's not that hard, really, because, as I said, it's not like it's all over the news all the time, like the uh, assault that you're taking in uh, in the U.S. Uh, for those of you, of course, who are not in uh, the United States of Gitmo Nation, here's just a little a little uh, montage of what is going on. Now to the debate over gun control and what many are calling in this country a watershed moment in the wake of the massacre in New Watershed! Some stores are pulling certain guns off their shelves. Are we at a precipice of a sea change about how this nation deals with guns? Why the hell can you buy a weapon of mass destruction? That's what it is. You That's the first thing that should be bought. There have been 70 70 episodes of school shootings in the United States since 1994. Good Lord, really? I mean, should there be that many? Big city mayors and one of the nation's biggest police unions have called for a ban on assault rifles and high-capacity clips. And for some longtime allies of the gun lobby, this week was a tipping point. The fierce debate continues. Yeah. Still, the killing of children in cold blood is gripping the nation as few events can and is forcing a hunt for solutions. I love how he uses the word hunt. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I'm sure the writers were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah By the way, a <laughs> couple, right, right, couple right. of things. Yeah. Well, first of all, when did a rifle become a weapon of mass destruction? Well, when Whoopi Goldberg called it a, a well, this I got to tell you, the the mis- it's like everything's a weapon of mass destruction. This is like a, a back ass <laughs> yeah. word way of saying, yeah, it was a good thing we invaded Iraq because they had uh, weapons rifles. of mass destruction. <laughs> Assault rifle. Well, listen to uh, I got a lot of clips because of course he airs over here uh, from Pierce Moron. Who he really likes to, to to whoop it up, man. Listen to his uh, categorization of what we're talking about here. Here's the thing: if he didn't have the guns, none of those children would have been shot. And so you have to deal with the primary problem that America faces, which is guns, 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 guns. And there's no other problem, by the way. It's just guns. And it's nothing to do with the Second Amendment right to defend yourself, and everything but to the do lack with of manufacturing stu- capability. Be quiet for a second. Listen to what. Listen to the point he's making. While weapons. That can slaughter. These things can fire a hundred bullets in a minute. They are machine guns. Designed- <laughs> no, I'm sorry. No, they're not. <laughs> I'm sorry. They, so this is this is a meme. This is what you are hearing a lot of here. People are confusing um, assault rifles and semi-automatic rifles and uh, what Nancy Pelosi calls uh, assault magazines. They are uh, they are confusing this with they're uh, idiots. Yeah, exactly. Now. Let me just step back for a second, because I don't know what happened to you, John, but after Sunday's show, um, I received an inordinate amount of, let's just call it feedback, uh, some could call it hate, <laughs> out and outright hate, an inordinate amount of feedback uh, from people who obviously have me confused with someone who is paid by the NRA, someone who his entire life has had a, a, a gun hung between his thighs. You know, uh, the, I've, nev- I've never really owned any guns, so to speak of, or to speak of, until we moved to Texas. Where, and, and I'll get to my feeling about that in a minute. Um, but, but the anger and the insults... And, you know, people who were claiming to be violently ill listening to me, um, uh, I, I guess, defend guns and have no compassion was is, not only was it uh, uh, disappointing, disturbing and upsetting. Um, people also forget that, you know, both of us, we're dads. You know, we, we have compassion. We feel we're not, you know, we, we're not idiots. We're not complete morons. 
But the reason you listen to this program is to have people ask questions uh, to do exactly the opposite of what the mainstream media is uh, is telling you. And the, it, I was I don't know, I don't know what you received, John, but I got people who were angry from the guns to you don't know anything about mental health and you know we need to, the drugging our kids is necessary oh uh, you know it's like you know if someone's uh, mentally ill we have to make sure there's no guns i mean does does no one see that what is happening here is an assault on your psyche not just you but your your kids and what you are doing to your kids this is very very the whole conversation i think is extremely destructive did you witness any of this, or did you just have a lovely week? <laughs> a lovely week? I didn't get any of this mail. You didn't get any of this? <laughs> no. Bullcrap! You sent me a mail where even oh, I... Oh, no, that was that was one of our guy, our normal contacts who does have a... Uh, he has an Asperger's kid, and he 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 was thought that you were a little aggressive because he does, the kid does need medication for some reason, and I'm sure that people are there. There are people that do need medication here and there, but the point that we always make is that they just medicate people willy-nilly and turn them into zombies. And who knows what they did with this 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 kid here because it seems to me he seems like more of a Manchurian candidate yeah. if he was even the shooter, if you want to take it to that extreme of, of, of conspiracy. Well, so, so, uh, so let's, let's go there for a second because I have been – so the amount of time wasted, by the way – on emails, you know, people, I, I can't open your email anymore unless you put a correct uh, subject line. How many times, you know, the LIBOR thing, please stop insulting yourself. There is, you know, just do five seconds of research. You know, there is no evidence that this kid's father was going to testify against the banks in the LIBOR scandal, uh, nor was there any uh, evidence about the Aurora shootings dad t to testify. I don't. There's. Not, I don't even know that, of any any testimony at all. That, I don't know of any. That's the point. There yeah. was no hearing scheduled. So where was this guy going to testify at the, in Switzerland? I don't know. That that's that is sketchy. Well, uh, for some reason we uh, looks like we just lost our uh, our stream. I don't know what's going on. Someone will have to take a look yeah. at that. Um, yeah. Well, then they'll figure it out. Um, so this is a guy who has a theory, and he's on Press TV, which is Iranian television. The guy's name is Michael Harris, and he is billed as an American commentator, which you, either you or I could be. And we're both American commentators, obviously. Oh, yeah, we're commentators. Yeah, commentator. And now, he's from Phoenix. So I tried to find a guy from Phoenix, and I found one guy. But it's very, very difficult to find a guy named Michael Harris. I mean, please. But listen to his theory. And I want you to look at this in a greater context of things. We have had a Zionist-controlled Hollywood. A Zionist <laughs> Don't you love it when they start off like that? Zionist-controlled oh, news yeah. media that is the conduit to all of this violence, this imagery into every home in America. And so you wonder why there's a culture of violence? It is because it comes from the Jews in Hollywood. That's where the, <laughs> that's where the conduit of violence comes from. That's the source of it. But look behind that even deeper. I want to remind you of the Norway shooting of Mr. Brevik, which followed a week after Norway had agreed to support Palestine. Now, you look at Israel just lost uh, their, their bid to thwart Palestine from being recognized by the United Nations. And now here we go. Here's a revenge killing in the U.S. sponsored by Israel that, was, uh, that, that, that killed all these innocent children. How, how, how awesome is this guy? And that is something that Israelis... <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, he's. I mean, first of all, it's on Iranian television, 
And so I was like, hello. I mean, okay, we, we know you're going to be anti-Jews, but this is crazy. They do very, very well. They target the innocent. They target children. They target women. And they, they avoid the issue because they're angry. They didn't get their way. And now Palestine has standing in the U.N. And Israel is going to be subject to the International Criminal Courts. And their leadership is going to be taken to task. So let's connect the dots here. <laughs> Whenever someone says connect the dots, back away from the conspiracy. <laughs> about what's going on globally, geopolitically, with Israel involved. Now, they're oh, also calling brother. for a congressional hearing. Now, one thing you can count on with a congressional hearing is there's going to be a cover-up. Because all of our congressmen are bought and, and paid for by the Israel lobby in the U.S. So any truth of this that's, that's going to be is going to be hidden because Israel wants it hidden because they are once again the guilty party. <laughs> it, do, it goes so somehow uh, the Jews did this in Connecticut. It's going well. It's it's a revenge killing. Of course, it yeah, makes so much sense. <laughs> here's what bothers me. There was a there was a thing floating around on the Atlantic Wire saying that yeah, this is. Just straight up, bad. We were just because of guns. We, there's nothing else going on. There's no. Right. Special I saw. I saw. Game. I saw this. The whole and thing. And it pointed yeah. at this particular report yep, that yep. you just played yep. as evidence that these people are. You can't point to this report. This report is so <laughs> bogative. Well, thank you. And this guy's such a stooge. Thank you for that bringing this up. There are, are plenty of possibilities here beyond the uh, what's play, being played out. And it, I'm just to, not since you brought this up. Can I just say something about this very point? That article um, I found to be disturbing because what it really said, and this is where I think a lot of this strategy, this uh, strategy of tension is leading, a lot of this is meant to discredit anything and everything on the Internet. It, it, sure, it's being used for gun, whatever, you know, gun schmuns, take them away, give them back. It's like, okay, fine. Um, yes, a lot of it is uh, promoting... Uh, the pharmaceutical industry, we have to give um, uh, police officers and we have to give doctors and people the right to shoot people up, you know, with medication and make sure you're sedated because obviously you're a menace to society. Yeah, that's part of it. But really, this is all about discrediting the Internet. Anything, because if, if you have any alternative view to anything from the mainstream media, clearly you hate the Jews. Clearly you're racist. <laughs> clearly you're a Holocaust denier. I mean, this is what I'm seeing. Listen to this is how it works. This is how you yes, do it. yes. And here and here is the the police chief or the sheriff there in Sandy Hook. Right now, millions. Oh wait, a minute. this is this is a good one too. I'll play that in a second. This is uh, oh wait, here it is. Here's the 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 sheriff. One thing that's uh, becoming somewhat of a concern. And that is misinformation that's being posted on social media sites. Sites. It is important to note that we have discussed with federal authorities that these, these issues are crimes. They will be investigated statewide and federally. Wait a minute. So if you post something on uh, Facebook that is uh, not true... It's a crime, and you'll be prosecuted federally. And prosecution will take place when people perpetrating this information are identified. Again. <laughs> John, Horse crap. We're going to hey, jail. Good luck, Sharon. <laughs> All information relative to this case is coming from these microphones, and any information coming from other sources cannot be confirmed. And in many cases, it's been found is inaccurate. Yes, so I simply, uh, that's the newest twist today. 
twist. I love how he throws it. It's a newest twist in what? The script? Uh, that we want to make sure that's perfectly clear. Play the douchebag jingle. <laughs> yeah, definitely. The websites that contain information relative to this case are not being posted by the Connecticut State Police. All right. Then we have uh, this little report. Right now, millions of people across the country are opening their hearts and wallets to help grieving families in Connecticut. Unfortunately, consumer problem solver Connie Thompson says thousands of scammers are already at work taking advantage of your kindness. Yes, and you boil. know how I feel about these buzzards, Mary. The buzzards. Internet is on fire. <laughs> with Sandy Hook scams. It's reportedly so bad, even liking a post on Facebook can get you burned. So this is this is nothing but discredit, discrediting everything and anything. Everything. On, but online. can I point some, a little discrepancy here? Sure. Why does this idiot cop go after the, these, these scammers instead of going after someone posting wrong information, which he says they're going to do? Of course, they're not going to go after anybody. No. no he's no. just going to get on the air and he's going to... Let me... I, I have a couple of things about this kind of misinformation the kind of thing going on there's one clip that i had for last actually i've had i should replay the one clip uh and then a, a second clip which is the uh the the stories about the kid being a psycho and he's all doped up and he was a loner and all this stuff and that's when i had the clip we played the neighbor with conflicting information which yeah. i have here again if you want to just remind people sure what sure. The early reports were this. Got a closer look at the shooter, the 20-year-old Adam Lanza. You're getting new information. Brian, what are you learning? Well, police say they're picking up what they call good evidence about Adam Lanza, his mother, and what may have led to this, picking up that evidence at the mother's house. They are not letting on what that evidence is, but we're getting some new details about the shooter's past and his family. His motive for this unspeakable act is still not clear. By the way, um, can we stop with the unspeakable act? Are you a journalist? Are you? I'm, I read this everywhere. The unspeakable act. Why is it unspeakable? Why? I don't is, know. Why is it unspeakable? Because I. Th well, um, I ha seems speakable to me. It's a shooting. I have a theory about this, which I will gladly lay on you. But I, but it is part of this. Is all part of the narrative is unspeakable act. No, it you have to be. It of course you can speak it. Why not? Law enforcement officials say, and in digging for details about shooter Adam Lanza and his family, accounts emerge that are still confusing, sometimes conflicting. A neighbor who knew him in recent years describes Lanza as troubled. But listen to this account from a young man who knew him. This is the kid. Just a kid. Just a kid. Never antisocial? No, I'm just gonna. No. Troublemaker? No, no, definitely not. Noticeable? Did he just kind of blend into the background? Yeah. Nothing, nothing that would warrant any of this. Exactly. All right. So, so we have him portrayed as a nut. Now, this, by the way, these clips have been pulled. You'll never hear these again. <laughs> but the one that really got me, and I, I said, oh, we're going to have to bring this one back up. I was listening to a report, and they went on and on about. The mom being a nutcase prepper, and she's loaded. She's gun, a gun nut, and she was a freak, and she was a screwball, and all this stuff. They were going on and on about the mom who got killed in, the, in this process, whatever the real process was. And now play the clip. She was just like any other housewife. Another report from someone who knew her. Ryan Kraft says he babysat Adam Lanza about 10 years ago when Lanza was 10 and Kraft was 15. He describes Lanza as focused, quiet, introverted. He never saw evidence of violence, Kraft says, but says Lanza did throw the occasional temper tantrum. 
just general stuff like you know we'd have to put him to bed and he wouldn't like that or we had to stop watching tv and he, and he wouldn't like that you know normal stuff that a kid would do but i guess at 10 years old most kids get out of that phase and uh, that wasn't the case uh for adam Kraft was only a year older than Adam Lanza's older brother, Ryan. He says their mother told him to let Ryan do whatever he wanted. But as for Adam... What I really remember clearly is that Nancy always asked me to, to always be with him in the room, no matter what. Like, don't go to the bathroom. Don't ever leave him without supervision. Kraft says Adam had a contentious relationship with his mother, Nancy. She'd split from the boy's father, Peter Lanza, who's described by the job networking website LinkedIn as tax director and vice president at GE Energy Financial Services. But Kraft says Nancy Lanza was an engaged mother, always setting up play dates for her two sons and taking part in neighborhood activities. Neighbors and friends say Nancy Lanza enjoyed gardening and had taken time off from a job in finance. It's like a normal anybody else in this neighborhood. You know, decorate the house, and the house was always, you know, pristine. And I mean, she was just like any other housewife. She was just like any other housewife. Doesn't sound a lot to me like she was some sort of a nutball. Right. Well, okay. So um, I I have a couple of the things I want to play from uh, over here uh, on this side of the pond. And then I really do want to give you at least... A reasonable theory coming from me, that's going to be interesting. Um, Here is uh, the Jeremy Vine show. This is uh, on, uh, I think, BBC Radio 2. And, you know, because, of course, now now I'm getting all of this. uh, I'm getting different information now. I'm over here because of the time zones and everything. It's kind of cool how that works for the show. And on this show, uh, he and, and this is, it's funny because, Normally, you know, let's say maybe five, six years ago, or before we started doing this show, um, people would have been calling me to uh, talk about this in radio and television shows here in the Netherlands because, like, oh, who do we know? Oh, we know, uh, we know Curry. Yeah, let's call Curry. You know, he he can uh, he can give us uh, his opinion. Now, of course, they know that um, I don't play along with their game. You know, the phone is eerily silent. Um, however. Uh, In the UK, they, of course, are going to call up people and get them to come on the show. So they call up uh, Bonnie Greer and Karen Krizanovich. And uh, Karen Krizanovich is a trained voiceover artist who specializes in chocolate voices, robot and Vulcan, American regional accents, and, uh, and anything throaty. Her voice reels can be heard here, according to her website. So she's you know, just someone who the BBC happens to know because she does voiceover work for them. And then there's Bonnie Greer, uh, who visited the UK as part of a production at the Edinburgh uh, Festival. Uh, wait, 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 wait. What? wasn't the first one Bonnie Greer? You said Bonnie Greer. No, Karen Krizanovich. Chris, Chris, okay, that Karen Krizanovich is the one that's the yes. voiceover girl? Yes. Okay. <laughs> It's all in the show notes. You, you can you can look at their uh, websites. And then Bonnie Greer, uh, she visited uh, as part of a production of the Edinburgh Festival in 86 and has been based in the UK since then. She acquired British citizenship in 97. She works in theater with women and ethnic minorities. And blah, 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 blah. So these are two douchebag women who are going to tell tell the British public 
what it's all about. It's not going to what? be changed, but what can be changed, I think. I'm not a constitutional lawyer. But no, you're not, a, not only you're not a constitutional lawyer, you're a voiceover artist, okay? <laughs> you have no credibility. Not As much as I do, let's put it that way. I'm a disc jockey. You're a voiceover artist. You can, pre- you can prevent the putting together of the entity. In other words, do something about the bullets. We don't need those kind of magazines in civilian hands. For instance, the guy went into that schoolroom, had a 30-round magazine inside of his, his rapid fire weapon, which means he only had to pull the trigger once. So let me just let me just get this straight. He had the 30 round clip magazine and that rapid fire weapon only had to pull the trigger once. This That's is bullcrap. Of course it's bullcrap. But this whole woman is bullcrap. They've called someone who works for them and does voiceover work for Doctor no. Who. And why no, no, no. I want, can I m- mention something here? Yeah, of course. Passing. Yes. <laughs> if anyone is a big fan of, and I am, of Adam Curtis, the the documentarian who does these kind of crazy documentaries that are really insightful. He did a sh- series of uh, three really short ones, and you can usually find it on his website. And one of them, he discusses this problem, and, and he actually identifies when it began, which was turning the, the news show into a show where the public at large, just some bonehead off the street, and you see it on the nightly news every day, they put a microphone in their face and ask them what they think, as if their opinion actually has anything to do with anything. Well, it's worse it's than that. It's just a casual opinion based on – it's kind of like a feedback loop because they hear it on the news and then they – oh, yeah, the guy's bad or the weapon he used was – I mean, this is useless, well, it's, useless it's, reporting. But it's worse than that because this is a very popular radio – or well-listened to. I wouldn't say the guy is necessarily 100% popular. Um but it's listened to a lot, this program. And he, the, the women he has on, they're acting, they are actors, but they're acting like they are some kind of, you know, aficionados, like they, like they're authorities on the topic. Wow. So that is, that kind of thing can be banned. You can ban assault weapons. There was a sunset on assault weapons. Clinton got that passed through. I think the president's going to get that going. A couple of pro. I think the president's going to get that going. Yeah, that's, uh, that's great. Thank you. Uh, firearms, uh, senators <laughs> who are rated A by the National Rifle Association, which has been real quiet since Friday. Uh, oh, now she's an expert on that. Now National Rifle Association. They're talking back, point she's reading. Thank you. Him on that. Right out of L. I think Sharpton this was the turning playbook. point. But I think it's really important. I don't care. It agrees with me. Very important for British listeners to understand. I love this. Very important. Now, remember, these women are actors. Very important for British listeners to understand. Listen up, slaves. Information coming. The gun is in, considered in America the guarantee of liberty. It is deeply embedded. What? It's from this country, actually. Now, wait a minute. The gun is from this country, actually. Because in the Glorious Revolution, the idea of the right to bear arms is embedded in the English uh, Bill of Rights. Change. The English Bill of Rights. The woman is so out of her mind with senseless facts that are wrong. But then she brings the other woman in, and this is great. She could see what was going on. She moved towards him, and he just shot her. Why not give her the gun? So this is the conversation about why not arm teachers. Now, these two women, these actors, literally, actors are going to tell you what's wrong with America. I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh. It's just, and no, it's it's a very serious, but it's just such a ridiculous idea to me that everybody's going to. I mean, seven, you know, they were talking about why didn't the children have guns? Six and seven year old, yes. So they were taking that down to seriously. We take that down that children in kindergarten should be carrying guns. Were they they actually seriously discussing that? Yes, they were. Yes. What specious bullcrap. So, what she's just said to the British public 
is that Americans were actually talking about uh, kindergarten children carrying guns. But wait, wait, she takes it even further. Packing uh, uh, baby Glocks, which, yes. which exist, by the way. The, the, the other thing, too. The baby Glock. Yeah, there's a model called the baby Glock, but it's not being marketed to kindergartners. You do the babies. <laughs> that, that we haven't talked about. I was talking to a games maker, a guy who used to make games. He got out of the games making industry. Now, wait, now she's an expert in psychology. Because he said the games now are insane. Yes. They are actually prototypes of murder games that they use in the United States military. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And th- and this is another issue as well. I don't want to prohibit games, but I'm saying we need to look at all this too. Oh, oh I don't want to prohibit games. Well, wait a minute. Why not? If you know that they're so insane and they're responsible, why wouldn't you, lady? But, but it's most important. The United States is a violent society. It is. Oh, okay. Thank well, you. Is. This, is, this is from the trade who was left and now lives in England. Okay, and, and, and the way it looks to the outside is not the way it is. Americans are violent people, <laughs> and we, we, we <laughs> our state, we're from a Midwestern state. Our state was settled by the gun. I'm going to kill you, John. I'm violent. <laughs> I'm a violent. Unbelievable. I am a this violent. Is, uh, hey. Yeah. No, 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 no. Stop. No, I'm not even close. No, no, no. Are you, 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 I, I would say okay, okay, wait, okay, until, okay, okay. wait until the end of the show. <laughs> this is nowhere near clip of the day territory. Uh, first, let me uh, take you on a little side journey and let me uh, take you back to the 1950s when, because uh, of course in the 1980s, some of you will remember, uh, it was uh, rock lyrics and rock videos, rock music videos, and it was Al Gore's wife, Tipper Gore who uh, said that uh, violence in America was being caused because of violent lyrics. And, uh, and this, of course, has uh, pretty much been proven to be not true, and uh, lyrics have also not gotten any less violent. And in the 1950s, uh, John C. Devorak, can you remember what it was in the 1950s that was causing children to be violent and to uh, cause mayhem and uh, commit robberies and other violent crime? Do you remember? Uh, I believe it was rock and roll. Mm. What are we afraid of? Are we afraid of our own children? Do we forget that they are citizens too and entitled to the essential freedom to read? Or do we think our children so evil, so vicious, so simple-minded that it takes but a comic magazine story of murder to step them to murder, of robbery to step them to robbery? It was the comic books, John. There were oh, the sen- comic books. I remember that they banned EC Comics. Yes. The, the company that was making those comic books that were, you know, they were hilarious. Actually, yeah. many collector's items. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, there's also rock and roll was causing this problem and well, dancing. Of course. Uh, dancing, of course, dancing. Now, um, before I go back to the U.K. with you, uh, I would like to play a little bit of Rachel Maddow, who uh, her job, of course, is to get rid of anything in news except her. Because yeah, we just need Rachel Maddow all the time. You know, she goes to the Christmas party with the president. That she tells him what to do. Go ahead, we'll do whatever we need to do. Um, what could? How could she take this? I mean, if you're really, really smart and you want to take the guns, horrible killing people, and the internet, which is really what this is all about. This is really about at the end of the day, we have to discredit the internet and have people self police the internet because of the, because you can't shut it down. What could she do to bring those two together? Yeah, I mean, just something we've actually talked about on this show in the past couple of months. You give up? Yeah, I, I'm just waiting to hear it. 
to try to get at that very big question. Uh, there is a very narrow discussion to be had about a piece of new technology, a piece of new technology that is worth explaining in this context, and it is this. Um, this is something called a 3D printer. Ah, are you feeling it already? Are you feeling it coming, John? Do you feel it? <laughs> oh, she's going to finally talk about the 3D printed gun. Yeah. The idea behind a 3D <laughs> printer is that anybody can become a small-scale manufacturer oh. of anything. All you have to do oh. is download a computer oh. file or create oh. a computer file that has the specifications oh. for oh. the shape of a thing that you would like to build. Yeah. You do have a limited range of She's setting us the up. material it's that your 3D exciting. printer can make something out of Come on, tell me, programmed Rachel. it to make. But you can create a physical three-dimensional oh. object what? What? with what? something that is the equivalent of a printer. Uh, uh, uh. Come on. Now, as yet, these things cost a few thousand bucks, but it is a relatively straightforward thing. And these exist. There are a bunch of different brands of them out there. You can manufacture something. It's neat. Tell me. It's also interesting and complicated and maybe quandary-inducing when you consider uh. the fact that one of the things that people are already starting can to build. Can this woman get to the point? With what they call 3D printers, these home manufacturing kits where you can make anything. One of the things people are already starting to make uh, is a gun. <sighs> Thank you. What is wrong with her? Oh, well, she's got to fill a whole show. I mean, there's a Jeez, she lot. takes an hour to make a simple point? <laughs> there's, there's a lot to be done. I could have written two columns in that period of time. Yeah. So there were um, there were a number of uh, funny uh, Pierce Moron clips, which I, I, can't, I can't play that guy. I can't even listen to him anymore. Um, well, he's trying to get attention by being outrageously anti-American, I oh, think. I don't know, know what oh. he's trying to do. Well, he, he had... Uh, Actually, it was kind of cool to see this Larry Pratt guy uh, who was from, I don't know, Gun Owners Association, whatever. Pratt, uh, I've seen him before. He was good. Um, I have a little bit of their argument if you want to hear it. Uh, uh, well, yeah. actually, why don't we, take a, why don't we get, thank our executive producers for starters? Okay, but then I have to wind this up. Oh, okay. Have, yeah, let's wind it up after this. Yeah, okay. Well, first of all... Because I actually have a, well, one no, more clip. No, but but I, what I need to say to you, Josie Dvorak... Is in the morning to you. Well, in the morning to you, Adam Curry, in the morning to all ships at sea, boots on the ground, subs in the water, all the dames and knights out there who who are so generous to keep this show going, and also to all the rest of the contributors and uh, and our families and everyone out there who's listening. Yes, and thank you to our artists who are always helping us out with some art. When it rains, it pours. Super Leone, Super Leone uh, provided the art for episode 470, and in the morning to all of the shittisans, uh, human resources in the chat room, noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net, always making sure that we're not overmodulated, keeping us, uh, keeping us fair and balanced and, uh, and honest. <laughs> and, and yelling, and yelling keeping obscenities. Us honest. And yelling obscenities when necessary. <laughs> it's always fun to have the chat room, uh, open. And, uh, we, uh, we have received some support, I believe, today from, uh, a couple of our producers. Uh, this is, by the way, proof. I will say it right now. John, you can laugh about the light. You can laugh about us moving into the fifth dimension. You can laugh about the ascension. But this program is proof that something is happening. Because this program does not exist because of commercial messages, because of us trying to sell something to you. This is based on something that has been building for many years. It is the value-for-value value proposition. And you cannot say this is a mainstream or a normal thing that is taking place here, the support that we're receiving from the audience. Exactly. <laughs>
it's part of it's part of the of the process. It's part of the energy exchange. I think so. Okay, then good. Then good. You've admitted it. Then no, I'm not admitting it. I just said I think so. Oh, okay. Well, I th- I, th- I think you're just afraid for your reputation because your because your kids will laugh at you. They they already already do. <laughs> Nothing I can do about it. <laughs> okay. All righty. What do we got? So we got a few. Uh, hang on a second. I got to get this in the right cage. Get the microphone in the right spot because I got everything. It's offset. interesting how how you actually will say, "Let's thank our producers." I give you all this time, and then you're not even ready. <laughs> that's really that's pretty awesome. Let's go with Ryan Showalter, who's uh, decided to do a double nighting today. Oh, what? In Fresno, California. What? He came in. What? A double nighting? A double nighting? Holy crap! Love it. He's come in from Fresno with $2,098.75. Holy moly. <laughs> he figures that tomorrow's a, he's not going to need the money anyway. <laughs> true. <laughs> the end is this nigh. Is, this he is says. true. This is true. <laughs> no, yeah. I did not screw up my donation amount. 12 12 12 21 is my donation in the name of my lovely fiance, Chantel Levitt. An insta damehood for the apocalypse. Oh, nice. That's love. She- she donated on my behalf soon after I hit her in the mouth, and I proposed to her shortly thereafter. <laughs> ah, the old Neanderthal. It's, it's a story we've heard over and over again. <laughs> Notice her donation is YYMMDD. I would have donated $201,212.21, but unfortunately PayPal won't let me donate money I don't have. I guess that's what I get for refusing to be a slave to the creditors. The other 886.54 uh, is the balance due for my apocalyptic knighthood. I've donated 325, and he goes on with some accounting. Please knight me as Sir Thomas of the Apocalypse. You betcha. I'll get name cards made. It says, keep it up. Look forward to every episode of the best podcast in the universe, and you'd like to get a Reverend Manning whip him with the po- Constitution Hot Pockets karma. You've got karma. A nice little triple combo. I like it. That was good, yeah. yeah I love that. Only if, uh, yeah, let's hope Thank we you don't have too many people. Sir Thomas of the Apocalypse. Thank you. Yes, and a lovely fiance. Thor Hanks in Seattle, Washington, $500. Should I, it should get me his knighthood, he says. Uh, since I don't drink, I would like sparkling cider and escorts. Oh, man. Do I, do, do I have to write something Good down? <laughs> Good luck in remembering that one. I, wanna, I never wanna. miss an episode of the best legislative and tax record analysis podcast ever. I would like a Don't Eat Me, Hillary, Too Delicious Parliament Mumble. And I'm donating all this karma uh, to out-of-work slaves that have been let down by their government masters. Oh, okay. Well, that's actually kind of nice for everybody, then. It's a full deal. Don't eat me. Clinton? It's almost too delicious to believe, my friend. You've got karma. Now, I nailed that one. So uh, now we have uh, Mr. G in Memphis, Tennessee, 33333, and apparently he's been over the money for a while. 
So he is a black knight as of today. The donations oh. helped get the media assassination going for keep it going as long as possible. Why? Because the science is in. The central question is no agenda podcast. Is it the best podcast in the universe? Fact. <laughs> How about some karma for Adam and Mickey? Hopefully the douchebags at the DHS will relent and let them return to Austin soon. I checked my knighthood status and he found he's, he's got a black knighthood sitting sitting there waiting for him. That's anyway, nice. uh, does he have a karma re- request? I don't see I it. The rest I, is just accounting. See one. Did you change something with your with your microphone when you do the when you do the donations? Because now I'm hearing myself again, or is that just? Oh, I have to move things around so I can actually see this screen. I'll move it a little more this way. Okay, thank you. Just there a you little. Go. It's just a, it's just a, a minor thing, just a minor gripe. And. Uh, I had no karma request. I don't see a karma. See. Well, a karma for Adam and Miss Mickey. Yeah, yeah, hello. Just, yeah, get hello. Karma. Okay, hello, we'll play hello, it. Hello, hello, hello. Huh? Yeah. karma. Thank you. Very nice. Love it. All right. Uh, Jess, uh, Jesper Holmberg in Duval, Washington. 333 And also Black Knight G's was 33330 or upcoming Black Knight. There's a value for value for Jeb's expose of civil society in the last episode. The segment was short, but just as eye-opening as the Pipelines episode. Are you Jeb? Is that apparently I'm Jeb now? <laughs> We've gone from John to Joe to Jeb C. Dvorak, ladies and gentlemen. So Jeb's expose. <laughs> hey, Adam Ker- Carey, the <laughs> man deserves some karma. Give me some karma, he says. <laughs> yeah, sure, Jeb. Jeb, here you go, Jeb. You've got karma. It was only a moment of time. Only just. It was just a matter of time before we the the audience started giving us fake names. I mean, yeah, why not? It's about to. so. So uh, we have uh, destroys my SEO juice, man. Some uh, associate executive producers, Rod, Rodney Staben from Houston, Texas, with two six five six eight. The contribution should fulfill his knighthood. We got a lot of knights today, Holy just before moly. the Mayans wreck everything. <laughs> if possible, I'd like the honorific Sir Rodney the Provider. Okay. As his moniker. Adam, take some of the funds and get you and Miss Mickey some candles. Oh, hey, Mickey. Judging from that newsletter pick, you could use them. Do you have uh, or candles? Or a blowtorch. We have candles? Yeah, we got candles. We got candles in case it all everything goes out tomorrow. We got that. Can you can get yourself some can you Christmas. believe? Can you believe that we have the Mayan apocalypse and I don't have an HF rig? I mean, that sucks. It's going to be it's awesome. It's weird, yeah. It's going to be dudes, random dudes uh, working each Zombies. other for hours. <laughs> Zombie dudes, yeah. Hmm. Get myself some Christmas port, keep the faith, uh, heed the advice of Austin's Jewish cowboy, Kinky Friedman. If you have the choice between humble and cocky, go with cocky. There's always time to be humble later. Uh, <laughs> I like that. Anyways, not too much trouble. Give him a uh, a, a karma, and then he says a bunch of accounting. He says that he wants to be baptized in the fountain, Bount of, of, fount of karma. Okay. Yeah, well, I don't know. Bend over. Is. I don't know what it is. You've but. got Bend over. <laughs> Sounds dirty. <laughs> Bend over, knight. <laughs> Sounds dirty, but here you go. Bend over. <laughs> Jason Stevens, Sir Jason Stevens, to you from Lost Wages, Nevada, 25632. Uh, greetings into, in the morning from Las Vegas. Nuts. <laughs> I love the idea of no agenda ham BBS. Sadly, I don't have any gear to send to Adam while he is in Gitmo Lowlands. So here's a quick donation for cables, coax, and diodes. Thank you so much. And I, I do have some interesting information about uh, the ham BBS. And I will once again make a minor plea 
uh, although it's probably too late, but I, I'd love a QRP box, just anything. I'll, I'd even take a CW box just so I can uh, work some random dudes from here. This is killing oh, me. brother. It's killing CQ, me. CQ, CQ. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, CW, I said. I'm into the digital modes and oh, the old school CW. stuff. Oh, brother. Yeah, well, you, wait, you, wait, you wait until what I have for you later on in this very program, the best podcast in the universe. You're going to... What's gonna, that noise? You're going to eat those words. You're going to eat those words. You're going to eat those words, Jeb. Benjamin uh, Nidus in Brooklyn, New York, 246. I'm membership in the 411 Club and the 273 Club, as well as my gas donation to Adam and Mickey when they were in Hoboken. Yeah, that's right. Uh, brings me to tour. 754. I'm sitting here now two days to the end of the world. I decided I may as well go out a, a night. Hell yeah. He didn't make it. <laughs> what? He, did? he donated. We didn't donate enough. <laughs> he this didn't is, make it. This is like. We're looking at this. No, no you're kidding me. What? I'm pretty sure. What? No, wait a minute. So the guy, so the world is ending. The guy's like, oh, at least I'll go out at night. And then he, and he, and he gets fried, and he didn't make it. That doesn't matter. Yeah, that's what he says. Oh no. Well, he says he too. He's, well, he claims he has seven fifty four, maybe the two forty six. I'm going to have to. Hopefully, JC's listening. We'll have to do a last minute check. Yeah, Otherwise, he'll be a black knight on Sunday. If there is, if a there Sunday, is a Sunday, thank you. Sir Howard Gutnecht in uh, Gutnick in uh, Gutnick. Seattle, Washington, Gutnick. nuts, ten twelve. Uh, dear Joe and Alan, hopefully upcoming Baron of the Southeast Seattle neighborhoods, donating drunk. Oh, well, donating hey, drunk. We're go. celebrating Adam's move to Lowland nuts with reverse solstice donation at two ten twelve. See the twenty first day one of December twenty twenty twelve. Oh, twelve twelve. Solstice, the day of the year to start getting longer seasoned effect disorder, getting better. Hope for double knighthood in the fortnight. I and my lovely wife, Julie, want to propagate the formula. would like to start underwriting a visit by Mickey Allen in the West Coast tour. <laughs> Gitmo Nation Amazon with investment can proffer some excellent values and John in the neighborhood despite the <laughs> way I've described our gang war wrecked part of Seattle. Hey, hey as long as as long as you've got whatever you're drinking will be there. We are He uh, needs a uh, he needs a probably he just wants a little girl don't eat me Hillary Clinton salute. Okay. Don't eat me Hillary Clinton. That's easy. Happy to give you that. Wow. That was pretty funny. I don't know how funny it was. Uh, sir, uh, and finally, our last, our last uh, exec, associate executive producer is uh, Alexander Basketball Academy, okay, in Mount Airy, Maryland. All right. Uh, hey, listener, love the show. Check out this information on the Batman and Sandy Hook thing we talked about already. Is bull crap. <laughs> this is a serious connection. I don't know how you <clears throat> bullshit. <laughs> That, how you get hey, this article the other than posting the URL? Please give me a random karma. Atlas, uh, well, here we go. This is why he's saying this. Atlas shrugged and douchebag for Kristen. Douchebag. She hit me in the mouth and has been listening for a long time, but I still donated first. Oh man, I hate it when that happens. Atlas shrugged by Ayn Rand. <laughs> You've got. Karma. People think that's now in the jingle, which it is not. 
man. That's it is John, too. Why don't, what do you think? I'm doing it? Yeah, John does that live, just so you know, peeps. People. Yeah, Jeb. Jeb be doing that. Stop it, Jeb. So I want to thank all the uh, all the producers, executive producers, associate executive producers who helped us on show four seven one. Yes. And remind people that they keep 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 up the pace with four seven two coming up on Sunday, which will be the show uh, if the, if there is a if show on Sunday, and it'll be the the last show before Christmas. Um, go to dvorak.org slash na channel slash na noagendashow.com and noagendanation.com and click on the donate buttons in those places if you can't get to dvorak.org slash na. And uh, we'll keep doing the show. Yeah, and uh, please... With new sound effects. Yes. <laughs> uh, so you can reposition your monitor and everything so I don't hear myself. Thank you. <clears throat> and also, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the show notes under PR, uh, there is a reminder and a link for a Gitmo Nation Christmas Carol. It's an Amazon Kindle uh, giblet, and uh, that is by Scott McKenzie. It is a fun story to read. Uh, a lot more fun than that MP3 that John sent out. I mean, it's a lot more no agenda ish. <laughs> I who knew? I, I, I you know I thought it was a nice idea. It was. Dvorak. Christmas is coming up. It's a family thing. Hey, of course you can always help us out. One day left to go out and propagate the formula. Our formula is this: we go out, we hit people in the mouth. All right, all right, all right. Let me just uh, let me just get back to this uh, this crazy uh, strategy of tension, which is. And uh, I want to do my two clips, by the way, before we get completely right, out of it. Right, so. you, you do your two clips. So go ahead. don't cl- no you no go ahead. Me to close Please up? do your two clips. Okay, I got a couple of clips. I just wanted to play. Uh, one of them we could actually make it into show clip. It's it's Thom Hartman on gun control, oh, yeah. and I thought this would be something worth listening to because he's he is apparently a douchebag in, on all kinds of levels. <laughs> Can I play him? <laughs> yeah, play him. Used in these deadly massacres, it's a pry my gun from my cold dead fingers approach, which could have tragic consequences, stirring up secessionist crazies around the nation. Our country is again dealing with the tragedy that happens all too often, yet the corporate gun lobby focused more on profits than safety is helping set up more and more mass shootings in the future. Oh, yeah. We know how to respond to danger here in America. One shoe bomber, we all take off our shoes at the airport. One thread of binary liquids, we can't carry liquids on airplanes. One underwear bomber, and we put in billions of dollars in porno x-ray scanners and we grope granny. There are more than 20 mass shootings every year in America, and over 100 people are shot every day. But we can't do something about guns? It's time to start pushing hard for laws that say that unless you can prove you need a gun, you can't have one. And if you do have one, you have to prove proficiency, and the gun and you must be licensed. To hell with the blood-soaked gun lobby and their toadies, Anthony Scalia and Clarence Thomas. I thought he, when he was talking about that, I thought he said, we have the underpants bomber. I was waiting for him to say, and then we banned wearing underwear. I was waiting for <laughs> it. It didn't come. I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, so sad. All right. Yeah, well, the, so he's a douchebag. Okay, surprise, surprise. One, I, I'm only going to throw the, this one out there because I find it to, to be peculiar. And this is uh, was on Sharpton, who was just a 
just a horrible butt kisser <laughs> when it comes to anything Obama does. <laughs> and so uh, there's a picture of Obama with the principals, the principal, that woman who was initially killed at the, you know, the, I think she was one of the first persons killed at the massacre, the unspeakable massacre. Yeah. Uh, Obama, I have no idea how this picture came to be. But Obama is is a picture showing him holding that principal's granddaughter. Oh, really? Interesting. Now, I don't know what, how this even came to to pass. I mean, was the granddaughter knocking on it? The granddaughter, by the way, is like a one-year-old baby. Mm -hmm. And he's holding it, and, and, and Sharpton's just swooning over this because he's holding the baby. And, you know, politicians and babies are pretty common. Yeah. But he says that, and then he... he take some tweets and Facebook posts from anonymous people largely. And he, he loves saying the one that he's the comforter in chief. The Facebook family has been mourning the deaths of the Sandy Hook shooting all weekend. Today, people had a lot to say about this touching photo of President Obama holding the granddaughter of the school's principal who was killed in the attack. Janelle called him the comforter in chief. Richard says he's a man with a golden heart. Fifi says the president owes it to that little girl and her slain grandmother to turn these children's and teachers' ashes into a right, purposeful, and just action. Wow, that, you know what that almost sounded like? It almost sounded like a commercial for a play when, or a movie, you know, when they do like, uh, TV Guide says it's the one to watch. It was really, that was intense. Yeah, I thought it was creepy. Yeah, and I'm looking at that it now. That guy is creepy, by the way. Yeah, I'm, I'm, lost all this weight, so now he looks like a dwarf because he's got this huge head. So, so now, now this is all right. So this is where heads are going to spin around. People are going to look at me like, okay, I can't believe he said that. You know, I just have to point out the very obvious between myself and Jeb here. We have been making media magic for a collective can i go out on a limb and say 60 years uh well i've only <laughs> been doing it for like five <laughs> okay in fact my very first uh media gig so to speak was on a pirate radio station known as decibel radio in this very city where i'm in now in the lowlands and um, and it was a, you know, there was no there was all government radio, so we had a pirate station, very very popular. Everyone listened to it in uh, in the Amsterdam uh, general area. It was it was a huge huge thing. Only in the weekends, you know, for like three days, three day weekend. Uh, but even then, I was John Holden. I was the twenty, and I was seventeen at the time, driving a moped. I was the twenty four year old black guy from New York who drove a Harley, and I would uh, make dates. With my listeners, uh, they'd call up on the show and I'd say, "Hey, baby, I'll see you, you know, behind the American Hotel uh, after the show." And there's and if, what if you did it, that? And if you know Amsterdam, you can't. There is there is no behind the American Hotel. You're in the canal, so you can't even make a date. <laughs> Maybe there. that's where you're supposed to meet. <laughs> so, but this, but this is the you know, it's magic. It's theater of the mind. And I've been doing fake satellite interviews with celebrities who you know. I uh, it's like well, you, you still. By the way, you still. <laughs> do a wonderful fake in the hurricane of report yes i do as good uh, as anyone yes i think well not just me i think you and i are pretty good together it's a it's a team effort when, uh, when we yeah, do you those. always catch me off guard with these and sometimes i blow it 
No, you no, you you're usually pretty good. Yeah, but we but we're not just for um, we're, we're not quite yet Bob and Ray. <laughs> but you know, it, it's um, it's it's not just it's not just hurricanes. It's you know, it's when uh, it's when the air raid sirens go off and oh my God, John, there's another scud, another scud incoming. Actually, the siren is great when you do that. So anyway, so so, but but I have I have been a part of the lying system. So you know, it's like <laughs> no, seriously, it's like you know, we have. Uh, our, well. I've done lots of television. I mean, I've done so many hours of television, and so much of it was faked. I can remember Janet Jackson when she had uh, uh, "What Have You Done for Me Lately." <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you remember the track, John. Um, you know, then she would send over literally a videotape of you know someone asking her questions, but only her, you know you only got her answers, and we did like a fake like the screen going. Oh, we're tuning in the satellite. It's on television, on national television, in in nineteen eighty four, I think. Oh, we're tuning so, in so. the satellite, and then you know, and I and I had the questions rehearsed, and I was really good at this. In fact, I would sit in the editing bay and edit the pauses between the tapes, so we could have it running on the monitor. Uh, next to me so you could see her head as if she was actually listening to me. I was good at this. I was really yeah, the, those good. Those fake interviews are all over the place as if they're real. It's, it's really annoying. In fact, in the radio business, they used to send out a big, giant uh, uh, record, transcription. A record. A record. A giant record <laughs> of, uh, with, a, with a script. And you'd ask, a 78, John. <laughs> well, actually, I, the ones we had were 16-inch. I mean, I was <laughs> yeah, yeah, dating I know, myself. I know. All right, so, but those big, giant things. But let me, let and me you just play this thing. Yeah, let me, let me just you, move on. <laughs> Don't take me to the 16-inch. <laughs> 16-incher. Okay. So, so that, anyway, this was yeah. not, this was 1984. Right. I, you're, 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 this is the longest buildup you've ever had. For I'm some not, crack I'm, and I'm theory. not even so done yet. This must be a real gem. It is. Now, if you turn on the television and you're watching Game of Thrones or whatever it's called, if you're watching you know, CSI, if you're watching, if you if you go to the movies, look at what is actually being done. Look at the amazing technology, what technology has brought to the lying part of television. Now, tell me what you have actually seen of Sandy Hook. We have not seen blown out windows. We have not seen dead bodies. I hate to say it, and I know you're thinking I'm a dick, but I have not seen anything i have seen you know in fact what we've heard is the parents haven't even seen the bodies and then oh they were taken away in the middle of the night in a refrigerated van are you effing kidding me this whole thing sandy hook may not even exist for all i know i don't know i've never been there to me this is no different than the moon landing I swear to God. Well, of course, this should be after this. This should be second half of the show. But let me. Can I say one thing? I'm not going to agree with this, of course. But I will say one thing that kind of bothers me, which is that there has been not one eyewitness account that I've heard of of anyone seeing this guy shooting anyone or shooting around. Even when they're, I mean, he apparently killed everyone who laid eyes on him before he before he killed himself. And I don't even know that it was him that did any of it. I mean, they could bring a dead guy in there. Some a sad, paid assassin could come and shoot up a bunch of people or, or not and then 
throw this guy's body in the corner. I mean, has anyone said, yeah, he came in wearing, you know, said, first there was a report he was wearing a mask. I don't know why, but okay, he was wearing a mask. So we don't even know who it was, actually, if you got a mask on, could be, could, could have been anyone. And then has anyone said, yeah, he started firing around, I had to duck. You know, he shot so-and-so or, I mean, has there been one eyewitness report of him? No, John, seeing him no, shooting no, a gun? no, no, there has been nothing. We've seen journalists trolling online to try and get a hold of people. We have not seen this. We, we started this show off with this dad, and I have shown this to actors, and the actors all say to me, wow, that if that was really an act then that guy is really, really, really good. And you people do respond very strangely in certain types of environments of severe stress. But again, it's um, all I'm seeing. I don't know where he's standing. I see a brick wall. I see some dudes. It's just, it, this is, please do not forget, you saw nothing. You saw television. You saw nothing. So believe what you will, but please you did not see anything with your own two eyes, and I have been on the other side of that box too much with some very so-called innocent stuff. Week in, week out, I made trickery. So you did not see anything. And all, all the, the discussion is not about the guy they arrested in the woods. You know, the, all these, all these other things. Why is no one asking any questions about that? All it is is about guns and medication, and the internet is bad. And to me, it, it literally is no different. I didn't see it. I just, I just can't tell you from where I'm coming from, from my personal perspective. I don't know. Please, at least well, show me a shot-out building. Me. Please, they show pictures. Of with shadows that can can only be very early in the morning or very late at night, not at eleven o'clock. They were surrounding the the kids' home at nine fifteen. They before this even happened. I mean, there's so many discrepancies. So much is wrong. And then, oh by the way, anyone who says anything on the internet, shut up, slave. We're going to arrest you. We're going to prosecute you because you're spreading disinformation. I don't know what happened. I don't know why this happened. I don't know if anything happened. But as far as I'm concerned. It's all media magic. So here's another thing that bothers me. That, uh, but I have obviously have not drawn this conclusion. You have, but these, these things bother me. The initial report that it was his older brother, which was rebuked by his older brother, who was on Facebook, and I guess not even in, anywhere near there. Is in New York, I, I think. New Jersey. And he was going, "Hey, this isn't me. I didn't do nothing." New Jersey. Now, New Jersey. New Jersey. Is in Jersey. So, yeah. so the question. Always remains a. How did they? Why did they think it was him? Was he part of a script and or somebody's fouled up? I mean, there would, makes no sense to me that you would name somebody without absolutely knowing who it was, and then talking about him having a younger brother that they're going to go question, which is what the initial report said. And when you bring this up with journalists or other people, well, that's just the news. They just, you know they do the best they can and all the rest of it. But doing the best you can is not naming somebody specifically. May I ask you a as question? As if it was them. It doesn't make any sense to me that you do that. Jeb, Why did they think Jeb, it was him? Jeb, let me ask you a question. Do you believe that uh, we actually assassinated and captured Osama bin Laden? And then threw him in the ocean and didn't take any pictures. Do you actually believe that? Well, I've never believed that. Okay, so especially I mean, everyone's <laughs> going to be taking pictures. Yeah. So tell me, why should I believe this? I have seen nothing. 
You know, you know, they put sheriff's deputies outside of every single one of the so-called parents' homes. Why? Why? What, I mean, are, are people going to be assaulting them? What's going on with this? What is going on? I'm sorry. I have no belief in any of this. If it's on television, I'm just not going to believe I can't. From where I come from, I cannot believe it. And it, it's just people telling telling me stuff. And, you know, oh, boy, what did we have? It was she was a teacher, then she wasn't a teacher, and then he was a student, then he wasn't a student, then he has Asperger's, then he has autism, and then, uh, you know, and then she was uh, working. And it's, it's a million things. She was a prepper, then she's, she's a normal a prepper, housewife. And then she's a normal housewife. We don't know if these people were even real. I just don't know. I did not see it. And that, therefore, I can't. I just can no longer believe it because I see what's possible. And of all the theories, of all the theories, this is the easiest one to believe because you know the technology is there. It's simple. Put a sheriff up there with his hat. What bothers me, that sheriff. Excuse me? That sheriff bothers me with that commentary. Of course it bothers We're going to go after anyone who posts on Facebook anything they say. And this is a new twist. Uh, Okay, so there's a playwright uh, in London, uh, in England. Her name is Lionel Shriver. And she wrote a book, which was turned into a movie. Uh, The title of the book, I think, is We Have to Talk About... uh, hmm, Let me just see what his name... uh, The thing is, Let's Talk About Ken? Anyway, it's a, a, a story which was... Uh, turned into a movie by BBC Films, of course. That's why she's on. Um, uh, and it came out la- end of last year. And it just came out on DVD and Blu-ray. And this is about a kid who turns out to be a bad seed and uh, shoots and kills everyone at school. So, of course, you know, let's bring her on. I will say I actually liked what she said. Now, she's a traitor because she has left... Uh, uh, well, just listen to her opening statement. She's on Newsnight with uh, with Jeremy. What's his name? Jeremy? Jeremy? Uh... Yeah, Jeremy. Jeremy. Uh, Lionel Shriver wrote the novel We Need to Talk About Kevin. About yeah, Kevin, that's what it is. The massacre at an American school. Can we just look at this broader question of the place of the gun in American society? You were born in the States. You're, are you now taking British citizenship, aren't you? Not yet. But you're about to. Definitely. If, if you can see me all so first, I'm like, she's a traitor. For For, no with doubt. more stories like this, definitely. <laughs> but do you understand definitely, definitely, why definitely, the gun definitely, has got this special definitely. place in American culture? Now, listen to what she's saying. She has some, because this, of course, is all about guns and all this bull crap. But she actually has some really good things to say. Well, you know, it runs very deep in the history. Um, I remember I had to uh, memorize a part of the Declaration of Independence when I was in junior high school. All about, most importantly, that bit about how... uh, Bullcrap! Tell me, what do you think is bullcrap? Having to memorize the Declaration of Independence? Well, it is is at the very beginning of the Declaration of Independence. No, but why would you have to memorize... What school has any of their kids... This is like a Muslim madrasa? (laughs) You have to memorize the Declaration of Independence? (laughs) Well, it's at the very beginning. It's bullcrap. That's a lie. I don't know any school that does that. Why would you do that? The kids don't even like doing the Pledge of Allegiance, and that was when I was a kid. How old is she? Is she 90? Maybe they did it back around the turn of the century, 1900. 
So at the be- so maybe she only had to remember the first bit. I don't know. I never had well, to she's, do it. That's not what she said. No. Uh, the part she's talking about is we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. They are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it. This is, maybe you shouldn't have to memorize it, but that is kind of like the key thing at the beginning of the Constitution, uh, the, uh, the Declaration of Independence. Uh, it governs at the consent of the governed, and it, it's up to the governed to uh, consent or withdraw it. So she clearly didn't memorize it very well. It didn't stick. <laughs> For someone who memorized it. <laughs> but 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 she's about to hit people in the mouth. I was impressed with this. And abolish the government and start another one. And the first time we did that, we did that violently. And it, it school children learn this, that, that if you don't like your government, you essentially have the right, uh, the moral right to overthrow it. Now, I'm... I'm like I'm giving her a ding for that. I'm like yes, this this, this is correct. And I don't I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that there is oh. a an element of the right uh, the the gun rights lobby that really has to do with the, in the back of their minds, uh, if push comes to shove, we should be able to overthrow the government by force. And I think that this is very important. To, so for all the bull crap I heard on the BBC and Pierce Morgan on the CNNs. She is actually talking some sense about what Americans are really about, and I think we need to listen to this. It is a mature, stable democracy. There is no chance of the state being overthrown. Of course not. It's a fantasy. That's one of the things that's a little odd about it. I mean, there have been uh, occasions where uh, citizens tried to withdraw. I think she almost said citizens, actually. I think think she she was going to say (laughs) citizens. It's like, oh, crap, no. Their consent. Almost. And it didn't work out very well. Look out! Look at Waco. Uh, Timothy McVeigh, who was uh, who was killed by lethal injection. I mean, what? An- I'm not sure why she why why she brings that up, but she's but basically she's saying. So why she goes from Waco to Timothy McVeigh? Because well, because she she is speaking from some knowledge, but it's a little it's a little convoluted. But what she's saying is, look, it didn't turn out really well for people who were like, leave me alone, government, which, of course, is what Waco was. Um, and uh, and I'm not sure how she got to Timothy McVeigh. Absurdity. But, the, but there is uh, an element in the United States that is very uncomfortable with the state, suspicious and even hostile, and feels that uh, rather than the state needing to have uh, that classic uh, monopoly on violence, that, that the citizen needs to be armed in order to counterbalance the power of the state. So I like that. I think, I think all right, now, now she, this is good. Now she's going to talk about the American citizen. And remember, at first I thought she was a traitor. But is there something uniquely malevolent about Americans? Uniquely menacing? So he's saying, so basically he heard the other interview. It's like, aren't Americans an evil bunch of violent a-holes? As an environment? No, I don't. I don't think so. So, what's behind it? I think the gun has become an emblem of that unfettered uh, individual liberty that Americans are told over and over again that they enjoy, but they don't really have, and that makes that makes the gun even more important. 
Now, you know, the truth is, the, uh, Americans are as overtaxed and overregulated and controlled by this, that, and the other thing as any other Western citizenry. But they're told all the time that, that they're, they're free. They don't feel free. And I think the gun has a way of, of giving you that sensation of real liberty and, and real power. And, and, and guns do confer power. Sure. In fact, they confer so much power that when you think about it, all that you can get people to do, if you have one, you know, take off their clothes, um, <laughs> uh, let you into their house, give you all their money. It's amazing that uh, every American doesn't have a gun. Exactly. <laughs> when I hear that list, it's like, hey, it's a great line. <laughs> Take off your clothes. <laughs> it's a, it's amazing every American doesn't have a gun. Yeah, because we love that. But she's saying something really, really important. And uh, no, I think she's saying something really good here, is that the idea of us having a gun as American citizens gives us the sense of, of freedom. And that that's really, so that is a huge um, control issue that is being used on it. it, it you know, what are they going to do? They're going to argue for a year and then they'll ban uh, assault rifles. It's Again. Not, it, it's just about the idea. It's, it's poking you in the eye with a needle. That's what this is about. And then all kinds of crazy things happen and laws get passed. And shit gets done that you're not told about because the stupid, well, the controlled media is doing exactly what they're supposed to do in this case. And I was quite surprised uh, by this lady. Of course, the, you know, again, the BBC, they just want to promote their damn movie on Blu-ray and DVD. It looks like a great movie, too. They won, like, the con Palme d'Or. Um, so that's a lot of what this is. Just the, the conversation itself is squeezing your brain. Americans, fellowship. Well, there's a lot of brain squeezing going on, and it seems to be a lot of plays out there that they're trying to run past us to see what they get our attention away from the fiscal cliff or whatever it is. I'm still now, still more and more thinking along the lines of Mandela just before the first of the year uh, to completely draw away from the fiscal cliff issues, which are really important. But yeah, the one that yeah. that cracks me up, the real, the, the the real head shaker was the was the no traction. Uh, story, no traction whatsoever. It could have been really big if it was handled differently, but there are idiots apparently. Uh, which was the Richard, Richard Engel kidnapping. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is like bad timing, people. What are you thinking? No, no, not now. This is, we got something else going on. Yeah. So they kidnap Richard Engel, who's a very famous and he's really, really high profile foreign correspondent over in Syria. And he's always over in the Middle East, and he does all these reports. And he's handsome. Just like, Let's just point out, he's a handsome and man. he's a good-looking man. Handsome man. Handsome man. So he gets kidnapped. I actually didn't know about it. This is how bad it was. <laughs> I'm watching C-SPAN. I'm watching, you know, doing my normal type of research, which is off the off the main grid. Yeah. And uh, he... I didn't find out about his kidnapping until after he was released. That's how <laughs> how poorly this was executed. It's like they kidnapped the guy. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. They kidnapped the guy. They do make a big rigmarole out of it. I guess nobody picked up on it. It wasn't like a big scandal like normal kidnappings would be. 
and they don't chop his head off or anything. Then they release him, and then he comes on the Today Show, and this is the clip I have. I'm trying to explain some of the horrors he went through. A group of gunmen just literally jumped out of the, the trees and bushes on the side of the road. There were probably 15 gunmen. They were wearing ski masks. They were heavily armed. Wait a minute. Was he kidnapped in Sandy Hook? This is crazy. <laughs> they dragged us out of the car. Why were they wearing ski masks? Yeah, in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> ski mask, which we got from our uh, our uh, our job to Austria. They had a uh, container truck position waiting by the side of the road. They put us into that container truck. Uh, we were with some uh, gunmen, some rebels who were escorting us. Uh, they executed one of them on the spot. Then they took us uh, to a series of. Say, hey, stop! Houses. Stop a second. Executed them on the so spot. So they got a so that we really don't know if there were the rebels that were captured or there were there were rebels in there that were captured by the government, which is what it sounds like. And for some reason, they they threw them in there with these other rebels and then they killed one right on the spot on the spot for on some spot. unknown reason. No, 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 no. They 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 uh, they didn't just kill him. It was very specific. They executed. Executed, which means like get on your knees and shot him through the back of the head, I guess. They executed him. He's very specific about that. And the point of that was we don't know. No. So anyway, the story continues. ...and interrogation places, and they uh, kept us uh, blindfolded, bound. Uh, we weren't physically beaten or, or tortured. It was a lot of psychological torture, threats of being killed. They made us choose which one of us would be shot first, and when we refused, there were mock shootings. They pretended to shoot Ghazi uh, several times, and when you're blindfolded and told, and then they fire the gun up in the air, it's... It, it, it can be very um, uh, traumatic experience. Okay, can I just tell you what, what my feeling is when I hear this? My feeling is he's really pissed off because, like, he had all this great stuff to tell. He knows that it's not going to roll out the way he wanted it to because this darn Sandy Hook thing. So he's just like, it's like it's like it's like a, a diarrhea of uh, of of stuff that happened, and uh, and uh, you know there were mock shootings, and uh, you know like a kid does like a show and tell, and uh, and uh, yeah. you know and then uh, they executed him right on the spot, and we were blindfolded in a container truck, and we didn't know what was going to happen, and we were really scared, and and uh, I'm pretty, yeah. I'm really pretty. I'm, you know I'm, what's really underneath his kind of? I I agree with this theory of yours exactly, but you know what I think is really underlying it mm -hmm. is in the back of his mind he's going. There goes my seven-figure book deal, <laughs> yeah, my damn book it. <laughs> well, I got blindfolded for five days and no book deal. This is crap. At least they gave so, Scully uh, his poem book. <laughs> so it's, uh, But anyway, I found this to be very peculiar, This the timing of this and the fact that he got no traction. He didn't get his book deal. And uh, now he's going to have to go back well, and try again. It's that You bring that up, and uh, let me just open up this uh, folder here again, because this timing... Um, for whatever the reason this happened now was not good for a lot of things. More changes in Hollywood in the wake of the school shooting tragedy in Connecticut. Tonight's premiere of the new Quentin Tarantino movie, Django Unchanged, has been canceled. Woo. Discovery Channel's completely canceled production of the new season of American Guns. And on TLC, they postponed the premiere of the latest reality series, Best Funeral Ever. The world of music also being affected by the tragedy. Kesha's new single, Die Young, plummeted the charts since the shooting. Last Friday, the day of the shooting, the controversial title song peaked at number three in the Billboard charts. However, it's now slipped off the top 100 since radio stations across the country have pulled it from their playlists. I'm telling you, man, the entertainment business got screwed by this. It's like, <laughs> totally. this, is some other production company that came in? or you know, Maybe it, somebody really had it in for Tarantino. 
Well, also Tom Cruise had to cancel his uh, his you know the the Reacher or whatever the Reach Around. It, ha- it had to cancel the premiere of that. All right, that's another violent movie. Yeah, yeah, with a, with a preacher. Huh. Um, the, the well, Reacher preacher. So along with with this, if are you done with the, with Richard? Because I want to play into that. Yeah, no, I just thought found the whole thing to be a kind of like a, a like a deserted island, you know, in the middle of nowhere. And I, I'm following him, going, <laughs> yeah. this guy. And he's and by the way, they showed him on the Today Show, and I didn't. I looked at this clip. I look real to me, but JC swears that they were shooting him and his two buddies who never said anything. The two camera yeah, guys. Yeah, I saw this clip. The, the three of them outside. Yeah. Yeah, and he says that's green screen. He says there's no way it's not because the angle of the background really? is wrong. Really, unless they're shooting from a from a from a jib, shooting from a jib, uh, you know, outside. And why would you anyway? Because it looks cr- crazy. But the, to get the angle of that background to look the way it did, they had to be up about five to ten feet over their heads shooting down on them. I mean, I agree with the, the angle being weird. I didn't see any evidence being green screen, but after seeing, you know, these the way they do it nowadays, it's I can't you can't all you can identify is lousy green screen, like in the Thom right. Hartman show, where the guy <laughs> changes colors and there's a there's a, a one inch thick black line around him. That kind of cheap green screen, but in right. these high-end green screens, you can't tell anymore, so I don't know. It's possible. I'll have to take a look. I have the clip in the show notes, 471.nashownotes.com. Uh, of course, something else uh, very important happened, uh, almost a non-event. Uh, and, of course, whenever you have a report coming out, uh, from which uh, has the initials ARB, Accountability Review Board, uh, that's when uh, you obviously, you know, Hillary Clinton finally ate that little girl, and that's why she had a stomach ache, and that's why she had to poop it out, and that's why she hit her head, and that's why she couldn't testify. And now the report came out about Benghazi. Now, four top security officials in the United States have left their posts. This follows a scathing report about lax security measures at the American mission in the Libyan city of Benghazi. The U.S. ambassador and three others died there when heavily armed men stormed the building. This was in September. The State Department said its chief of diplomatic security had resigned. Three other officials had been relieved of their duties. Okay, so um, that's about all the reporting we'll get, um, and that's even from the from the BBC. Uh, now we go down to the floor of the House. Dennis Kucinich, who um, uh, absolutely does not matter to anybody anymore uh, and cannot get any airtime except on C-SPAN and on the No Agenda podcast, uh, took his one minute of time to say the following. This past September 11th, four Americans, including our ambassador, were killed in Benghazi. The responsibility for security failures has now been placed on the State Department. End of story? No. The deeper question is, why did the U.S. intervene in Libya in the first place? Twenty months after a U.S.-led mission to overthrow the Libyan government, militias are still battling in the streets for control. Al-Qaeda-linked groups have a foothold in Libya they did not have before U.S. intervention. Why did we spend U.S. tax dollars to open the door for Al-Qaeda in Libya? The intervention itself was a disaster, and it makes the case that the U.S. government's policy of intervention in Libya was wrong, and that everything that proceeds from that intervention is bound to be tainted. The book of Ecclesiastes says, that which is crooked cannot be made straight. Nothing will ever be made straight about U.S. intervention in Libya. Um, uh, Dennis, memo to you. Great job. No one cares. I'm sorry to say. No one cares. But yeah, you're right. We financed Al-Qaeda. 
Uh, it's uh, it's a it's a mess. But no one no one even cares about that now. So this report comes out, and again, this all the reporting you get is. One person resigned, three people were asked. You know, we don't even know the names. No one cares. There's no follow-up because, you know, we don't get access to Hillary when she's president. We're all afraid. You know, we, we, we don't want to ruffle feathers, don't want to rock the boat. You know, we've got and by the way, yes. I should mention there was like 20 or 20 plus other people in the compound that were, that were rushed out of there that saw this event. And were rushed off to Germany. Yeah, they're rushed off to Germany. No one's been able to say one word to them. They they've not been brought up in front of the Congress. They no. they're just they've dis, they've disappeared them. So they they just shh, shh, get out and just lay low. Well, it's kind of frightening. You say they've disappeared them because where well, are they? I, I mean, that's probably a wrong use of term. Yeah, it's pot. I mean, I don't think they disappeared them in that right way, but I think mm-hmm. they definitely okay. ditched them. Okay, and, and probably gave them one of those security letters. You get one of those things, you're screwed. You can't say anything. That's why I, I'm not getting any mail here. So <clears throat> we have uh, Admiral uh, Mullen and uh, Ambassador Douchenuckle. They go in front of the press at the State Department, and they do a little routine. They basically give the executive summary. And interesting, Admiral Mullen is in civvies. He's not in his admirality. He's wearing a suit with just a little, like, a pin. Is it his regular suit or is it his Navy? He has a Navy no, suit that's no. actually got a couple ornaments no, on No, 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 no. He has just a little, like, no, no more than a little flag, but it's like an upside-down triangle. I don't know, all-seeing eye. He's got something on there. But it's a nice suit, actually. It's, it's kind of a spiffy yeah, suit. Yeah, he's a sharp dresser. Yeah, spiffy suit. And uh, so they're, 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 they go up to present the, the findings. And uh, Victoria uh, Newland makes a, a classic mistake. She, of course, uh, calls on Matt, our buddy from, uh, from AP, to ask the first <laughs> question. No, Reuters, right? <laughs> Uh, Reuters, I'm Reuters. sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it's a classic. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I think it's uh, the ambassador is gonna finish up here. It's a, it's a little long, but it's worth listening to because he asks the exact right question and gets a total douchebag answer. And he actually goes back and says again, it's the elephant in the room. Not a single person reports on this. And I have to say, can I have one of those, Mickey? That looks really good. She just walked by here. You know, what time is it here? It's like uh, it's like it's almost eight o'clock, and you know I I don't have time to eat, and and she's got like what is this brie with honey? Are you insane, woman? Give that well, that's to me. That's a delicious combination. Ah, mm, fantastic! I'm so sorry. I, I got it here. Okay. Anyway, so there you go. Oh my god, that was so good. I just need that one little bit because I'm I'm starving here. I can't eat before the show. No, I'll get it later, honey. Thank you. Candy, I, I give John shit about eating. Okay. I have not seen this in his reporting. This is a television show. If you want an actual news bite, it's a couple minutes. This is it. We are delighted to see that oh, yeah. the Secretary of course it was is crying. committed to the expeditious and indeed urgent implementation of all of our recommendations. And now there's a little uh, crap in there. We would be happy to take your questions and appreciate your giving us this opportunity to brief you on our report. So, okay, so he's like, so he's done his whole little little spiel. Now Victoria comes out. It's a classic mistake. Yeah. So I would, 
Um, thank you very much for doing this briefing. Um, the report to a layman seems to indicate either rank incompetence or a complete lack of understanding of the situation on the ground in Benghazi. And my question is, why is uh, such poor performance like that from senior leaders in these two bureaus that you mentioned, why is that not a breach of uh, or dereliction of duty? Why is it not grounds for disciplinary action? And then secondly, after the 1998 bombings in Kenya and Tanzania, the, the ARB report, the ARB that was formed them, came out with a series of recommendations, and many of the, your recommendations today, the, the broader ones, are very similar. That Those bombings in East Africa were supposed to have been a never again moment. What happened between then and now that this could possibly have happened? Is this not an outstanding question? Yeah, it's with the question that should be asked. And, of course, <clears throat> we know what the we have our thesis on what, what the real answer is, which is never going to be discussed. No. Which but, is this thing was rigged. But just listen to how these douchebags answer. Without accepting your characterization of... <laughs> That. Of the problem. Without accepting your characterization of the problem. This is a great way to answer things. I gotta do this. If Mickey's really angry at me, I'll just say, without accepting your characterization of the trash not being taken out by my own person, <laughs> I just have to say. It is very clear that <laughs> clear. under the law and in connection with the State Department regulatory practice, one has to find willful misconduct uh, or. Now he's gonna explain the difference between uh, screwing up. And, uh, and doing something bad, I guess. Similar kinds of action in order to find breach of duty. And indeed, one of our recommendations is there is such a large gap uh, between willful misconduct, which leads obviously to conclusions about discipline, letters of reprimand, uh, separation. Uh, Do you hear this? This is, this is, ooh, we'll give you letters of reprimand. Ooh, we'll give you separation. What else removal of an individual temporarily He's a from bureaucrat douchebag. Temporary removal of an individual. Temporary removal. Uh, that we believe that gap ought to be filled. Four people died. I think, hey, you're in trouble, man. Four people died. Temporary removal. Into the penalty box you go. Uh, but we found perhaps close to, as we say in the report, breach. But there were performance inadequacies. <laughs> Performance inadequacies, I tell you. This is what I have you know, what if I don't take my Viagra. I have a performance inadequacy. And those are the ones that we believe ought to be taken up, and we've made recommendations to the secretary in that regard. Now, now, now of course, Matt is not going to have this because they didn't answer the actual question. But Victoria is trying to move it along. Well, I'm sorry, but the, the sec just the second one, you know, what, what happened between, how, how did the lessons of Kenya and Tanzania get Well, I think, this, let me just mention that, and then Admiral Mullen may have some things to say. Um, <laughs> All right, you don't have to listen because he didn't answer the question. But this is a very, this is exactly what it is. We had these bombings in Tanzania and Kenya, and there was an accountability review board, and people died, and it was really bad, and it was never again, it was not going to happen, and it happened. Everything happened exactly that way again. And the reason is because it was a setup. This, of course, doesn't come out in the, in the review, and they've just had some nondescript people leave. And I think you're right. We need, after, John, in fact, you, I think you've nailed it. After this horrible tragedy, Media Magic, uh, of Sandy Hook, now we need an outpouring of love. It is swinging people from the one side, whop, 
We're going to whack you all the way to the other side. Nelson Mandela goes right before Christmas, right after Christmas. Um, then everyone's like, we're going to have a huge outpouring of love and how wonderful this man was and everything else shall be forgotten. Well, I don't want to wish bad things for Nelson Mandela, but <laughs> I'm sorry. the timing would be ideal. You'd have yeah. him go just before the first of the year, just before uh, New Year's. <laughs> or immediately after. It's going to be around the 1st of January. Did you favorite. just say you'd wish him no bad, however, it would be just around this time would be good? <laughs> did you just wish really, him no bad, however. Did you really just say that? <laughs> All right, just let me uh, let me just uh, break this up uh, a little bit with a uh, pedo bear report. Rare move, President Obama phoned the Secretary of the Army to personally express his concern about reports of abuse at the daycare center at Fort Myer in Virginia. This week, two workers at that facility were charged with assaulting a child. And a review of all the workers there found several with questionable backgrounds, including uh, records of sexual abuse of a minor, sexual assault, and assault. Yeah, that's right, in Virginia, where all the douchebags are, at the, at the kinder daycare. Pedo bear, everywhere, the whole place. Yeah, well, that's Virginia. Yeah, it's part of what Virginia is. It's for, for lovers. Sure. <laughs> wow, that was really bad, John. <laughs> I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. Virginia is for lovers. In the morning. There are a few people to thank. But, but I do want to give one anecdote before I, I oh, go through the donation segment. Yes, please, please do. I, I noticed this. I'm watching, and I think I, I think a lot of our listeners are having the same effect happen to them. I mean, we do the show, and you know, we we kind of I think immune to some of it. But I'm watching some uh, like wasn't Pierce Morgan with some other some other guy, and and I'm, I'm getting a clip or thinking about it, and I'm playing the clip to myself. And as soon as it's over, I I stop the DVR and I say to myself, "Douchebag." And I hear the jingle in my head. Douchebag. I know. I, I, I know what you mean. It's really bad, isn't it? I have that too. It happens all the time. I'm, I'm hearing our own jingles as I go through a day-to-day -day, day -day thing. I think it's kind of humorous because I see, I see a douchebag doing something. And I just And that jingle crops up. Douchebag. I know. It's, it's really like you bad. can't get away from it. I know. It's bad. So this is the kind of value for value we give you. Yeah, we have <laughs> no agenda show. Yeah, yeah exactly. We, so we, I want to thank you. Brain. Lawrence Shell in Lancaster, California, 14883. ITM, guys. Uh, to honor the pending Mayan meltdown, this donation is the result of taking the cube root Ooh. of 12, 21, 12, then multiplying the result by three. I nice. like the symmetry. <laughs> Mostly I wanted to get to this to you before the end of time causes my face to melt like the Nazis and Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> see you on the other side. Yeah, see you on the other see you on the other side, Lawrence. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate that. Okay, uh Sarah Greer in Oh Shikshini in the in the log house. In our, our Pennsylvania. One twenty one twenty one. An early Christmas present. For my shelter mate, Mike, for all the shoves and support this year. For all the shoves and support. Yeah, they should. They know. should. They, they shove each other around. They're violent. Very <laughs> peaceful holiday to Adam, Mickey, John, and Mimi. Oh, and I have the douchebag soundbite 
for my incoming text message tone, and my co-workers love it. Douchebag. So in other words, <laughs> when she gets a text, it says douchebag. Douche yeah, exactly. That's actually not bad. Thanks, Sarah. Let me do that. Bad. Say hi to Michael for us. We miss you guys. Melody Mon and uh, our man in Ringgold, Louisiana, 107. Ten seven out of service, leaving the air. I have no idea what that means. Pedro of Villa, I think it's a 10 code. El Cid Campeador. Exactly, from Salpulpa, Oklahoma. $100. On to karma to the listeners, the host and the holy show will like to call douchebags the people that publicly announced to donate to the show and never did. Douchebag. And a round of karma to all listeners. Thank you, El Cid. You've got karma. Merci, Buckets. Gee, buckets, wow. Uh, Steph- Stephanie Lusby in <laughs> Midothlian. What? Midothlian, okay. Virginia, for lovers. Seventy-nine, <laughs> seventy-eight. Thanks for the great show, guys. It keeps me sane in my trips between Richmond and D.C. Yeah. This is lots of drive. Yeah. This really. Oh, no, with the traffic, it's horrible. Are you kidding me? Oh, it's, oh, it's, it's, it's the worst. Five shows a week. Yeah. This is our clean out the PayPal account donation, which we recommend to everybody. Uh, seventy nine seventy eight has a nice ring to it. I'd like to request a Lebowski. New new shit has come to light and a karma. We don't have that. Yes, clip. we do. Yes, we do. Oh, oh, okay. And a karma for my family to start the new year. Keep up the great work, Todd. I've got information, man. New shit has come to light. You've got karma. Hello. Do I nail that or what? Quite, quite nice. Yeah. I give you a point. Mm-hmm. One point for Adam. Pat Deary. Ten Sarnia, love. Ontario. Uh, 7777. This has helped Adam ease the pain of VAT. <sighs> Howard Johnson, without comment. Gloucester, Ontario, 70. Anthony Garlinger in Elmhurst, Illinois, 69-69. So it continues. Hey, Alan C. Curry and Joe Dvorak, short-time <laughs> boner, first-time donor. I figured I'd better donate before the end of the world and before I propose to my girlfriend on 12-22-12. Yeah, well, the, you Love know, the show. What a, that's a, what a bogative move. Hey, baby, uh, I'll propose to you on the 22nd, meaning he'll never <laughs> have to do it. Yeah, baby. I'll propose to you right after the end of the world. If we make it to the other side, you're mine. Now, twelve twenty-two. That's a nice palindrome. Twelve twenty-two, twelve. It's not a palindrome. Uh, it's a, it's not a palindrome. You're right. I'm, I don't know what I'm thinking. Yeah, who knows? Uh, Eric uh, Sprangers in <laughs> Amersfoort. 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 I have followed the show since at least 2007, but I never donated until now. Wow. Uh, right. Insert douchebag, please. Douchebag. So finally, while still glowing with body scanner radiation on board a right-time <laughs> Delta flight back to Amsterdam, the No Agenda anthem comes to mind at the end of last Thursday's show, and I realized I should donate as soon as possible. Thank you for changing my view on the world and making it impossible for me to talk to my mind-controlled colleagues, <laughs> friends, and also to his friends and family, making his daily commute bearable. Please give me a de-douching hot milf karma for my hot date for this weekend and a, and a parliament mumble. 
up the best podcast in the universe. All right. <laughs> You've been de-douched. That's one number I'd like to. You've got karma. Yeah. Oh, interesting combo. Uh, Jean-Claude Schmid, Garden Grove, California, 6969. My buddy Junior Rosales uh, hit me in the mouth about a year ago, uh, along with my brother Didi. I, uh, turn, I, in turn, I smacked our friend Steve Bear, and even though he's only listened for a couple of shows... I think he's enjoying the best podcast in the universe. Can I request some general purpose karma for Junior Steve indeed? Uh, please. For me, I'd like a don't eat me two to the head, too delicious travel karma as I'm flying to Switzerland mm. huh, to hang out with my brother Didi for the holidays. The swazzle enough amount will hopefully get me lucky with a Swiss miss while I'm there. <laughs> Keep up the great work. Keep hitting them in the mouth. Mm. All righty. All right, what do you got here? It's almost too delicious to believe, my friend. You've got karma. That's what we got. That's how we roll. Chad Biederman in, Sir Chad Biederman in Round Lake, Illinois, 6969, wishing you and yours a safe and happy Pocky Clips or Christmas, whichever comes first. Can you give me a don't eat me plus clippity clop? Uh, wow. Okay. New combo. Yes. Oh. Right, where'd it go? Don't eat me, Hillary Clinton. <laughs> the message is clear. <laughs> That's actually not bad. That is pretty good. Says, Don't eat me. Yeah, yeah and then yeah. his message is clear. That she got the message. She doesn't. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Raphael uh, Desilet Aube, Saint Foy, Quebec, sixty-nine, sixty-nine. Donating seventy fifty Canadian dollars for Charles. Hamill Christmas gift in Melbourne, Australia, requesting a douchebag call out for Felix. Oh, sorry. Hopefully he will be the youngest. Wait a minute, let me finish this. Yeah. Felix is the youngest six-month-old human resource douchebag. <laughs> he calling out his six-month-old for as a douchebag. It's not okay. This is this is not a good. No, that's this, not this right. Horrible. You can't be calling out. Jingles kids. requests Congress moaning, hot baby milf, and children. Yay! Uh, this is for Charles, soon to be wife. Stop moaning about the lack of donations, he says. Well, I said stop moaning about Stephen Harper. That's what I tell him. Okay, hold on a second. What does he want? You want a con? We don't have Congress. We got Parliament. Yes, like, Parliament he moaning, the difference. baby hot milf, children, yay. I mean, like I got nothing better to do here. That's one hot milf, baby. Yay! You've got. Karma. I'm sorry. Is there, car- is there I, even a karma request? In I don't know, I but I, I was just on a roll. I couldn't stop hitting buttons. I just kept on. All right. Well, then, then close the segment. Uh, 69! 69! Dudes! All righty. Whew! So, Joseph Monty in Pittsfield, Massachusetts. 6666. Greetings, John and Adam. I figured it was about time I donated. So, here we go. I can no longer live with myself mooching off the insightful and energy content you guys present on the best podcast in the universe. I'll take a straight-up karma shot for myself and the rest of the donors. You've got karma. Also, Gary uh, Yadowitz in Brooklyn. 50 double nickels on the dime, 5510. Thanks for the best podcast in the universe. Just hit me with some karma. 
You've got karma. Aaron Swanson in normal Illinois, as opposed to the rest of the state. 54.55. Oh, well, he says, keep naming donation anonymous. Good work, JC. <laughs> hey, late and a dollar short. Can I get two to the head Merry Christmas slave? We have Merry Christmas slave. Yeah, we, we do. We, yeah, we do. Of course we do. For John, Adam, and all the producers and their families. Merry Christmas, slave. <laughs> Lizzie, I love you. Lizzie, I love you. That needs a little sweetening, I believe. Yeah, it does. Uh, Daydream Graphics in Adelaide, South Australia, 50. Uh, it's a note from Chris, and he says, Time for me to step out of the shadows and make my contribution to the fantastic podcast. The world is indeed going to meet its demise on Friday. I may as well face... By the way, it's already Friday in Australia as we speak. Mm. I may as well... When I don't see anything happening, maybe Australia's gone. <laughs> Honey, turn on the TV. Is Australia gone yet? Uh, I may as well face oh, grim mortality with a smile on my face, knowing I donated to the best podcasting universe. Thank you for delivering another superb year of news analysis and deconstruction. And for all the hours you've put in to make the best podcast in the universe twice as best oh. as last year. All righty, then. He wants two requests. One is to hear the No Agenda serial commercial jingle. I, I don't know that one. Yeah, I think I know what that is. <clears throat> and as long overdue from being played. over. And uh, second, I'd like to send a Christmas wishes to my gorgeous wife, Gianna, who uh, please send her some karma for her photography business at gpix.com.au Okay, here's what I think he wants. If you wake up with the blues, shine ah. your day with news. There's one thing you must remember, no agenda in the morning. For a healthy, balanced news diet, try noagendashow.com. You've got Yeah, we missed that. Karma. That's good. Yeah. Finally, two uh, last $50 donations from Simon Horn in uh, Carindale, Queensland, and Kyle Bauer in Worcester, Ohio. I want to thank them and everyone else who's helped us produce this show this week or this day. We have another one coming up on Sunday. Yeah, that's what you yeah, say. If there is a Sunday. <laughs> there is a Sunday, exactly. But wow. apparently there might be because Australia seems to still be on the map. Well, the funny thing is I just asked where Mickey, and Mickey didn't respond, so I think Mickey may have already gone. Honey? Oh, is Australia still there? Yeah? Were you sleeping? Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, no, we thought we th we're trying to see if Australia's gone yet. It's tomorrow there. Can we check? Okay, thanks. I'll show you all that happened in the afternoon. <laughs> so it'll be an afternoon thing. This is not the waking up your wife. Not a good idea. Yeah, not a good idea. <laughs> oh, sorry, honey. <laughs> I mean, you have to understand. I am Quit literally waking me up when I'm sleeping. <laughs> I am literally no. She does not talk like that. I'm literally when she wakes up, she's she wakes up. Oh, what? She's very sweet. Um, oh, well, that's unusual. I am literally. Most women are grouches when they wake up. No, no, no. I'm literally in. I, I'm at the dining room slash kitchen table. I can I can almost touch the stove from where I'm sitting. Uh, I can touch. That's the, cozy. Cozy. Those are the plates, and then uh, Miki. I just, she's right around the corner. I can see just just can just can't. I can see her hand waving now. Just and, imagine yourself in one of those little trailers that you you know. Sounds like it's what it's, it's like. It's pretty, very cozy. It's pretty very cozy. Yeah, but at least then we were, had control over how long we were going to be in there and where we were going and all that stuff. Anyway, Just that's, put some wheels on that. That's right. Dvorak.org slash NA. We hope to see you all on the other side, of course, for Sunday's show. So do remember to support your uh, 
your uh, the, the, not just your favorite podcast. It's the best podcast in the universe. And you are, as I said earlier, part of something very special. That uh, whether you you know whether you believe in this uh, Mayan calendar thing or not, something is happening, and we are part of it somehow. Uh, even though Jeb may be somewhat skeptical. And we have uh, we have a nice list of nights, and this is very good because these are the last nights to get in before the apocalypse. And uh, actually, and by the way, I want to remind people <clears throat> to get their knighthoods before the end of the year because we'll we will make sure everyone gets a ring. Yes, uh, who has uh, either uh, gets their knighthood by the end of the year because we're going to change to pins. You know, I was thinking about this. Do we? Uh, what? You always are thinking about it. What could be better than a pin the way the Canadians, that's the way they do their nights? Well, this is not a good idea. I was thinking, I mean, why wouldn't it just be a special night challenge coin? Isn't that, isn't that just... Isn't that just the most awesomest? I mean, what a pin? Yeah, is... but you can't wear it. If you wear the pin, look. Yeah. Here's the way I yeah. see it. Yeah. Okay. The pin is advertising. I wouldn't say advertising. I'd say a sponsor. Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but the pin underwriting. The pin is under is something. It's a message. It's a, it's also code. If somebody's wearing the pin, right, they will be identified. They will identify each other in public. And we have about I don't know three, four hundred nights, five hundred yeah, maybe. Yeah, we got some a lot of. Nights. And they'll identify each other in public and go, oh. You're a No Agenda Night, too. I didn't know that you even listened to the show. Yeah, I listened to the show. I'm a no agenda. I've been a No Agenda Night for three years. And as they get into a conversation, people around them at this cocktail party that I'm imagining mm-hmm. will all say, what are you guys talking about? Right. So, oh, yeah, we're knights in the No Agenda Roundtable. Look, and they point at their pin. The next thing you know, they say, really, what is it? What can I do? How can I get a hold of that show? Then you say, Google No Agenda. Our watch phrase, our catchphrase for 2013, Google No Agenda. So you are absolutely right. Uh, I've gone through the thought process before, and it was um, our friends in uh, Virginia who pointed out to me that in um, in the elite circles, but certainly in the circles of uh, the Secret Service, that they all make agreements on which pin to wear. So if a guy shows up wearing the wrong pin, they know that he's not part of the deal. So the pin is is actually it's a very uh, a very important thing, uh, and we can probably do pins for each year or something like that uh, for each night well, in a year, it, right? There's something else I want to just discuss since we're having this meeting. I'm thinking. <laughs> Hold on a second. The meeting will I'm now come thinking, to order. I'm thinking the following. We do the we switch over from rings to pins, yeah. and we we retroactively give all the knights, the old knights included Ooh, the pin. Give them a pin too. Because they need to be wearing the pin too. They can't be I like agree. some guy with a ring. Hey, I got a ring. <laughs> no, they need the pin so they can recognize each other at the cocktail party. Okay. Now, have you discussed this? Uh, I mean, I know we're having a meeting here, but have you discussed this with Mimi who will have to be doing this? <laughs> Sending out all the pins? <laughs> <laughs> this you is going to be a nightmare for her. She's like, I don't know. It's going to be an expensive proposition. I don't you know what? We, I, I, first of all. But if, we have to do it. We can't I agree. do it. No, I agree. If, if, we, if we make it past tomorrow, then I think this is a very – Jeb, I think you've hit on a very important thing here. Because, in, in fact, I will – see, you know, I, I don't wear my night ring. You know, I, I mean, I don't wear it around. You know, it's like I, I wear it to, to meetups and stuff. But I think the pin, I could just have that on my, you know, on my, uh, on my jacket, like you know, on our, uh, what is the, uh, what's the name of our our jacket company with the concealed carry pocket? <laughs> by Bruns. Bruns, yeah, Bruns clothing. I get a lot of requests, by the way. People saying, hey, where, where do I get that? Which is made by American ladies. 
Just look uh, in, up in B-R-U-N-S. Bruns Clothing. It's Bruns Clothing. He doesn't sell as many jackets as he should be selling. These things yeah. are fantastic. Yeah, are. For anyone that lives north of the of the Oregon-California border, you should yeah. have one of these things. And I'm an a-hole because I left Austin, Texas without uh-huh. my blood. I know. I mean, am I the, this big? I'm, I'm thinking maybe I can get the neighbor to go in and send it to me. We're going to be here forever. Well, the thing, it costs, it costs like a 100 to send it to Amsterdam, that thing is heavy. Yeah, yeah, it probably costs too anyway, much. Anyway, okay, so we just want to make sure that everyone knows what we're up to here yeah. with this right, uh, latest uh, changes. Then uh, can you um, can you get your sword? Yeah, here, hang on. Very good. All righty, can we have the following people step forward? Ryan Showalter, your fiance Chantel Livitz, Thor Hanks, G, who will be a Black Knight, Jesper Holmberg, Rodney Staben, Scott Fuller and Matt Shower, all of you today become knights and dames, so I hereby pronounce thee Sir Thomas of the Apocalypse, Dame Chantel, Thor Hanks, Black Knight G, Jasper Holmberg, Rodney Staben, Scott Fuller, and Sir Matt Shower. Thank you very much for joining our very exclusive club. For you, I have hookers and blow rent boys and chardonnay, hot pants and booze, wenches and beer, rubenes, women and rosé, geishas, geishas and sake, vodka and vanilla, gerbils and ginger ale, sparkling cider and escorts, and mutton and mead. And I have a feeling that someone wanted to be called a certain knight and we didn't do it. And in fact, JC, you, could you spank that boy? Because he, he didn't do, I had to come up with the Thomas, Sir Thomas of the Apocalypse. Someone wanted to be Sir, yeah, well, Sir, yeah. what, he's getting, he's, he's slacking off. He's turning noodle on me. I'll find out. (laughs) He's turning noodle. (laughs) What was that? Yeah, it could be. No, wait, I got to do that. He says, by the way, that his entire generation is the noodle guy. He says, says, you don't, he says, there's no way of getting around the noodle boy. That guy is everywhere. Well, that's very, Sir Rodney the Provider, that's what it was. Uh, So, Sir Rodney the Provider. There you go. I want to get it right. I dub thee. What? I dubbed thee. I dubbed thee Sir Rodney the Provider. So, so um, yeah, well, you know what? Uh, I'll have none of that on the best podcast in the universe. It's fine if he wants to be Noodle Boy, uh, but uh, twice a week he can uh, get with the program. Now. So, the uh, yeah, but that was a depressing commentary. Uh, it's well, just the way it is. Everyone's like that. They're um, all like the Noodle Kid. Yeah. I, I think it's because nobody you – know, so I'm listening to one of the uh, one of these talk radio right-wing guys – and he's a, one of the older ones. And he says, well, you know, he's talking about the uh, rifle discussion. He says, yeah. well, when I was in the, in my, in the rifle club at the high, in my high school, he's talking about a rifle shooting association club. Mm-hmm. They had a rifle club yeah. of some sort in high school. Sure. They would, they can't, I can't even imagine how a Berkeley school, for example, <laughs> can do would that deal now. with this no, no. sort of thing. And in fact, they don't even, in most high schools now, they don't even have home, home ec because, oh, it's, it's an insult to the woman. Oh, yeah, because men, to yeah. the girls, you know, <laughs> the girls, let's make the boys take home ec. We will just, yeah. we'll just not cook. Yeah. And okay, so we have a whole generation of women that can't cook, which is fine with me. I like to cook, but it's beside the point. You know, there's something pathetic about people who can't cook, men or women, but now they don't even teach it in school, and they don't have the shop class anymore. Nobody knows how to drive a car. I actually, I mean, I, they don't want to drive. They I, don't care about cars. Nobody can even tune up a car. They don't know how the engine works. No, I have I to. Mean, yeah, I mean, and then the You're rifle right. thing. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, we can't have a rifle club. No wonder the country's filled with a noodle kid. 
<laughs> we are a country of noodle kids, ladies and gentlemen. No, it's sad. It's sad. Well, my daughter doesn't have a driver's license, and uh, this is a, a point of tension. Uh, uh, I thought she did. In... No. I thought no. you bought her a cute little car in London. Yeah. And then she never got her license. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, oh, you don't even want to hear the story about that. Of course, that all got blamed on the divorce. Well, you you left, so I didn't want to finish my license. <sighs> oh, she didn't want. To. Well, she's in that generation; they don't care. Yeah, yeah. The true. Google the Google self driving car will serve their purposes, and well, they can work at a noodle well, shop. It... <laughs> Hello, self driving Google car. Take me to the go- take me to the noodle shop. <laughs> In fact, we'll yes, call and the- take your time because I'll show up when I feel like it. I'm no slave. It's the Google Noodle Mobile. That's what it is. Oh my God! I hope we all die tomorrow. It'll be better. I'd rather go in a fiery blaze tomorrow than have to see my kid tell her Google Noodle Mobile to take her to the store late. Crikey! <laughs> so here's good news, John. Transset Holidays has announced. Starting January, holiday packages from Montreal to Haiti. That's right. Tourists will spend two nights in upscale hotels in Port-au-Prince before being whisked to the coast for some of that lovely beach. You'll visit the new iron market, which is opened by Bill Clinton, a rum factory, a wonderful lookout over the city, and none of the earthquake carnage. That was according to Transat spokesperson Debbie Cabana. <laughs> wow! I know there are two hundred thousand people pooping Lord their guts out. Get cholera! Don't worry about it. <laughs> Is it unbelievable? Is it unbelievable? That, I mean, the, 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 it's part of the campaign. You'll have a wonderful lookout over the city, and none of the earthquake carnage. That's on the other side. Don't worry about it. Don't look over here. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that! How awesome is that? And you'll see the new iron market. And basket weaving and a rum factory. Please pay no attention to the dumb slaves who are eating dirt cakes with cholera. No. No. These are the Clinton hotels. Excuse me. As predicted in the Red Book. Oh, yeah. We which, get, we're all over that. Which, which I'm going to have to bust you, Jeb. Did you find it? Uh, you know, I have an interesting clip. <laughs> Okay. Yes, I did. Yes, I, I'll, I will admit I have lost the red book. The last one, I mean, I've got two red books that are full, but the third red book, which I was, I lost about a month ago in the office, and I have not been able to find it. I'll find it. It's around. Well, would, you, well, would you please find it for Sunday? I mean, how can you discipline the, your, your, Google, oh, you know, your Google Noodle kid if you can't even find the red book? Yeah, so I'm very ashamed of myself. Okay, so I got a clip here. Apparently, the International Criminal Court has, uh, has decided not to pursue a case against some African, I don't know who, which guy it was, one of these African guys that are, you know, killing people. Yeah. But I, I found something very peculiar in the clip, a piece of information about the International Criminal Court, which I didn't realize until I uh, 
actually uh, heard this. In only its second ever verdict, uh, the International Criminal Court has acquitted a Congolese warlord charged with crimes against humanity. Ngujolo Tri was accused of directing militias to kill and rape during fighting in the Democratic Republic of Congo in 2003. Judges ruled that there wasn't enough evidence to link Tri to the attacks. Well, okay. Okay. Uh, it, it, the phrase in its... In its second play the beginning again this is its second case that is that is actually had a, a, a verdict let me hear in only its second ever verdict uh, the international criminal court has- in only the i'm not quite sure i understand what she's saying in only the this second this is the only the second time they've actually come to a verdict all these other cases are in abeyance or they're sitting on they're sitting on their asses or doing there've been two verdicts since 2002 when they formed this court that's what she said <laughs> so the the international criminal court has only had two verdicts since this thing was formed and it's right down the street from me by the way in the hague let me hear it again in only its second ever verdict uh, the international criminal court has my goodness you're right ah well i'll give you that one that's crazy what yeah. do they do they just but they lock people up all the time Oh, uh, attention, attention. Uh, J.C., uh, guilt-ridden, came in and found the red book for me. <laughs> Wait a minute. This sounds very, very suspicious. He feels bad, he says. He, he just apologized. He says, sorry about the anonymous. Yeah, but are, are you sure that he wasn't holding on to the red book somehow? <laughs> he had it ditched in his in his office. Yeah, uh-huh. it's possible. Uh-huh. It's possible. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, it's always possible. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me uh, let me get to something. Uh, I let me. This is quite disturbing. So we have a number of things that have come out uh, during this uh, this time of uh, of great tragedy, and. Uh, so there's a number of uh, documents that have become public that, of course, uh, no one is paying any attention to. And you know what happens when you get a good government document? What happens? I don't know what happens. I get all horny, of course. I'm like, eh, government document. Uh, yeah, that seems yeah. to be. Yeah, that seems to be. So they moved to Virginia. <laughs> it's, for, it's for lovers, you know. So um, we have something brand new which just came out, called the National Strategy for Information Sharing and Safeguarding. And this is essentially, the this is how they're going to do it. So, of course, we know that we need cyber legislation, and, you know, n- no one really wants to come up with the executive order. You know, how are we going to get the, the commercial private sector companies to give us the information on the citizens so we can like spy on them and all this how are we can do it well we just come up with this great document again the national strategy for information sharing and safeguarding and i'd like to just recite a few lines from this this came out today and so there's a preamble from our president uh, as president i have no greater responsibility than ensuring the safety and security of the United States and the American people. No, I'm sorry, that is wrong. Your greatest responsibility is upholding the Constitution. I cannot point that out often enough. You are incorrect, Mr. President. Meeting this responsibility requires the closest possible cooperation amongst our intelligence, military, diplomatic, homeland security, law enforcement, and public health communities, 
as well as with our partners at the state and local level and in, yes, the private sector. This cooperation, in turn, demands the timely and effective sharing of intelligence and information about threats to our nation with those who need it, from the president to the police officer on the street. How are you feeling so far, John? I think it's great. <laughs> is, th is this not just Gitmo Nation, 1984, craziness, New World Order, doublespeak? That was just the preamble. The national yeah, no, it's, it's total crap. The national Where did this come from, by the way? From the White House. It's oh, on, okay. Yeah, it, it was just released today from White House. Of course, this is what you do. You release this stuff today when no one's paying any attention. You're not, this is not going to be reported on. And no, that, of course not, and of course, except unless you listen to this show. Thank you. And then he's like, since this September 11, 2001 terrorist attack, blah, 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 blah. Okay. the national. So that's you always got to throw that in. Let's throw in some 9-11. That's what George Bush did, by the way. The National Strategy for Information Sharing and Safeguarding Strategy aims to strike the proper balance between sharing information with those who need it to keep our country safe and safeguarding it from those who would do us harm like your government. This includes, I'm jumping around here, protecting private and personal information about United States persons, but upholding our commitment to transparency. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, this should be the top of the news. This is your government now basically saying, screw you, we're taking everything about you. Uh, from the executive summary, our national security depends on our ability to share the right information with the right people at the right time. It's this, about sharing, Adam. It's about sharing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you got it. I love it when you're on the same wavelength. This information sharing mandate requires sustained and responsible collaboration between federal, state, local, tribal, territorial, private sector, and ooh, foreign partners. Yeah, let's just share it with everybody. Share with all your partners. <laughs> with share your... with all your partners. <laughs> Do you, you think they have meetings when they put this stuff together laughing? <laughs> like, I'm laughing right now, like I'm laughing right now. Like I'm laughing right now. Let me run this one by you. All right, I'm listening. I'll, what you got? Hey, Jeb, what you got? What you got? What you got? What you got? Anyway. I'm, wait, I'm, I'm waiting for I'm in the meeting. I'm waiting, Jeb. I'm like, oh, right, the meeting. Okay. What do, well, what do you got? Jeb, what do you got? What do you got for this? Uh, how are we going to? Oh, yeah, we did some research on this. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, what you it got? It turns out that... Um, you know, if we can use some uh, some of the pop phrase that the, the social media is using, and 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 kind of twist off of the social media happening thing, yeah, like the Twitter, uh, which like I the Twitter the kids stuff. are into, the Twitter and, stuff, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. let's let's use the word sharing Ooh, for, wow. instead of spying. <laughs> Wait a minute. So instead of <laughs> you think about it, it's the same thing. So instead of saying spying, we just say sharing. Ah, this is genius, Jeb. This yeah. is great. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, the State Department uh, head uh, position is opening up. You might be good for that. I, I Are you kidding? Get you some great. Get you some techno experts. So anyway, um, the responses to these challenges uh, have to be strategic and grounded. I swear to God, this document reads like a pitch from a dot-com company. Um, it's like, it's, <laughs> hey, we're going to sell Coca-Cola something. Three core principles... Okay, so we have a, a three-legged stool. Number one, treating information as a national asset. <sighs> wow, how good is this, huh? Number two, oh, yeah. our approach recognizes 
information sharing and safeguarding requires shared risk management. Mm-hmm. And then number three, most important, the core premise, number three, information informs decision making. <laughs> what? Say that again. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Third, the core premise, information informs decision making, underlies all our actions and reminds us better decision making is the purpose of sharing information in the first place. Wow. <laughs> what a what a tautology. What a bunch of bull crap. Yeah, but this is this this is what it is, my brother. This is no joke. No, this this is bad. Yeah. This is, you know, this is like the NDAA. I mean, we're just doomed with these things going through. I yeah. wish we could need somebody a real leader in this country. Yeah. Yeah. Put a stop to this. Do you crap. want more, or do you, or you just want to read? No, it? no, I'm done. Okay, so I have this entire I think document. You made your point. I have the entire. As long as the document's available, readers can go, our listeners can go over there yeah. and check it out. So four seven one dot dot com. It's marked up for your convenience. Um, let me just read the last three. I have a couple just like rectangles I put in. Um, so they, we have priority objectives. Provide information sharing, safeguarding, and handling training to appropriate stakeholders using a common curriculum tailored to pro promote consistent yet flexible and trusted processes. Just love that one. Establish information sharing processes and sector-specific protocols with private sector partners to improve information quality and timeliness and secure the nation's infrastructure. I love this. This is so good. Right. Uh, I've had it with okay. this. All right. Then now, I have a, oh. you know, there's a new drug, a new hot drug on the street. Ooh, 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 ooh. Is it something I can try? You know, the top show right now is this Drugs, Inc. show on National Geographic. No, I don't know anything Here about it. Wait, hold on. What is this? What is this show? What is this show about? Drugs, Inc., man. Sunday. Here's the teaser. Drugs, Inc. There's a new wave to ride in Puerto Rico. Well, I'm higher. Known by its street name, Anesthesia, this drug is turning the island of enchantment into an island of zombies. Oh, he's almost running to get his fix. He's able to walk, but he's not coordinated at all. A high this rare doesn't come cheaply to an island. You have to pay sometimes a lot of money, but it's worth it, believe me. Drugs, Inc., new episode Sunday at 9 on National Geographic. Awesome. Is this about Haiti? No, it's about Puerto Rico. Oh, fantastic! And so it's a it's a drug reality show. It, I don't even know. I've never I've watched pieces of it. It's more like a it's a hybrid show of some sort that that's kind of like a, a quasi documentary and uh, documentary as reality show kind of thing. It's you have to watch it. But this new drug, anesthesia, is floating around. Anesthesia. That's the name of it. You just do anesthesia. Well, but, uh, anesthesia. And it turns you into a zombie, and it makes your legs wiggle. Hold on a second. Anesthesia drug? That's, well, that's not going to get me anything on the Googles. It's going to get me like anesthesia stuff. Yeah, I know. Isn't that great? <laughs> Can't look it up. What is this stuff? What is it made of? How do we get it? How do we try some? Like the guy said in the clip, it's expensive to get that high. Uh, I can't wait to try it. Maybe. Well, this is uh, this is of course uh, the Gitmo Nation Lowland drug drug hippie place. They should have it here. 
Honey, call some friends. Get me the anesthesia drug. We have to uh, do some research you on this, but I just thought a I'd, it's a heads up. I just picked the clip up. Just I like recently. it. I like it. You, you kind of got, got another clip. Well, you kind of got ahead of me because I wasn't quite done with my spying. With my sharing. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I was getting tired of it. I had, I had some clips. Oh. I had oh, some clips. Well, I got some good Okay, play clips. All right. And now yeah, I get my one last thing, and then I'm out of here. Well, I was going to say that if if the government spies on you, what do we call it? We call it sharing. <laughs> exactly. And if you uh, if you hack into a celebrity, what happens? You go to jail you for 10 years. You get thrown in jail. Yeah. <laughs> One man headed to prison for hacking into the private email accounts of numerous stars. Christopher Cheney will spend 10 years behind bars for stealing naked pictures of Scarlett Johansson, Mila Kunis, and Christina Aguilera, and then posting them online. Prosecutors believe Cheney actually hacked into the email accounts of more than 50 people. How can this be? How can you go to jail for 10 years for doing a great public service? I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Well, I'll tell you this. Scarlett Johansson has gotten more publicity. Yeah. And I saw those pictures. Yes. They, you can get them. There's a picture of her taking, you know, the funny, the only embarrassing part, she's taking a picture of herself like she was a teenage girl. Yeah. You know, in the mirror in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, she shows yeah, her butt. It's a good, nice butt. You'd have to say it's a good looking figure she's got there. And then she has another picture she takes of herself, of her, her right breast, which is a nice looking breast. But how can it's P- nice? How can Pierce Morgan be on television talking about, you know, the machine guns? And he, he literally oversaw hacking into Celebretti's phones and, oh, and by the way, victims of 9 11, but mainly Celebretti's. But when, when some other just dude who's like, hey, I'm going to get me a picture of Scarlett Johansson's boob, he goes to jail for 10 years? What is this? Just for sharing? Just sharing. Only, he was only, sharing pictures of Scarlett sharing, Johansson. He was sharing them. This is not right. I don't like this. That's crazy. I mean, the, 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 I, I need to find that court case. There's got to be more to that. I mean, he must he must have like beaten somebody or shot somebody. How how can you get ten years for hacking into someone's boob picture? Explain. I, it makes no sense to me either. You know, uh, and I always wonder about I, some of these. But, but hold on a second. Pictures. So, my daughter posted a picture on Instagram of her butt. Okay, for and and she actually removed it. Her mom said, "Take it off." And she removed it, just of her butt. It was, it was, and I was like, eh, eh, all right, whatever. A magazine, butt. butts or butts. There's a bunch of different right. kinds of them, and they're all different. So a magazine, know, they, a magazine here, took that picture, published it in a printed magazine, and I, of course, I did my regular thing, you know, like I sue them, and you know, you get like a thousand euros or something, you get shit money, and and this, and you, and and that's excluding cost of the lawyer and all this stuff, but the courts here, the courts. Since I've, because I've done this a couple times here in Gitmo Lowlands, the courts now are saying, and they're actually using one of my earlier lawsuits as an example, that once you've put it on the internet, it has no value. Therefore, anyone, a magazine can go and take that, publish it, because it really doesn't have any value. Yet, if you hack in and you take a picture of Scarlett Johansson's boob, which we know is very valuable to her, you go to jail for 10 years. I mean, the world is effed up, man. This is really not okay. Well, somebody's sure dogging your daughter. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, I have a, I have a news flash. Oh, then let me give you I didn't the, know any of this. I, of course, it's all, news, all, exactly, news flash. it's all because of global warming. 
Oh. Uh, <laughs> or so they say. By the way, as you see the, the, the IPCC, the, the report that have been leaked out, that's apparently they're starting to lean toward, well, you know, global warming could be caused by sunspots in the sun, and, you know, because the sun does heat things up. Well, uh, let me, maybe it's just a cycle. Let me just tell everybody the story, because this, of course, was not covered anywhere. The BBC did cover it. But the fifth draft, the, the draft of the fifth IPCC report, which is not due until March, I believe, was leaked online. And, uh, of course, we have the downloaded documents in our possession. IPCC, I also have that uh, document uh, PDF in the show notes, 471.nashownotes.com. They have said, oh, yes, these were documents of our draft, but it's just a draft and everything is going to change and this could be... Um, but the relevant piece of the um, of, and the full documents are online. No one is talking about this at all, of course, because it's very inconvenient. Uh, here it is. It is reported that uh, uh, is about the possible effect of cosmic rays heating up climate, and that undermines the uh, AGW, the man-made uh, climate uh, warming, the change, anthropomorphic uh, global warming. Yes. Uh, and this is in the report, in the draft. And this is, of course, very damning to the uh, entire industry. To of, the movement. Yeah, to the, <laughs> to the movement. <laughs> so uh, it is, it's basically, you know, it's a draft. It's, it's just a draft. It can't be true. So, you know, I think the guy probably did a disservice by, uh, by popping it now. I don't think that was probably a good idea. Because, you know, now, that, now they got all this time to, to discredit oh, him. Oh, yeah, they're going to excise it. Yeah. Uh, but go ahead. But and, in uh, the meantime, yes. Good news for India, and I, this is a this is a piece of pure information that a lot of people just don't know, will, and will never know unless they listen to the No Agenda show. And it's, I think it's important. And now to India, where the humble banana is being seen by some as the answer to food shortages caused by climate change. So Hale Raman reports from an area where some farmers have already transferred their rice and wheat crops to banana. It's cheap, it's popular and very nutritious. And nowhere is it more popular than in India, where the country's farmers grow several varieties. Bananas thrive in southern India's tropical climate. 27 million tonnes of the fruit are produced each year. Surprisingly, less than 1% of that is exported. Indians can't get enough bananas. I love bananas. They're very healthy and I have one every day. <laughs> How do you love bananas, Jib? You know, I the Indians can't get enough bananas. bananas. That's the thing that I think is the message. We all need to know this. And I now believe that it's the banana itself that makes the Indians cheap. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. How do you come up with this theory? Just came up with it. That's the way. I just came up, up with it. <laughs> well, we know the Indians do not. We know. You know who it. we're talking about. Yeah, we're looking at you, India. We're looking at you. So while we're in the region, uh, I see you have a similar clip, but uh, I have a, a, a very basic theory about this report. Another person injured in this week's attacks on polio vaccination workers in Pakistan has died. The man who was shot in the head as he distributed polio drops to children in the city of Peshawar, that was on Wednesday, is the ninth health worker to lose his life. The UN has suspended its polio vaccination program in Pakistan because of those killings. The Taliban are being blamed for the attacks. Pakistan's one of just three countries left on the planet now, along with Nigeria and Afghanistan, where polio remains endemic. All right. What's your take on this story, John? 
Yeah, I was hoping you'd have some theory. I I just thought I think it's interesting because it's kind of a a blowback to us using the poll or using vaccination teams to to uh, map out like the secret police where people were. That's how we found Bin Laden. Yes, and now correct. Just saying, correct. Screw you. We can't let anybody do any of this crap. We don't care about polio. Uh, you know, we're just going to shoot everybody. And if anybody, because we we don't, they're just you know they value their privacy yeah no I th- more than we do apparently i agree i, th- I think that they're like you know hey you know we'll if, if we want to uh, hand out polio vaccinations we'll do that we don't need you united nations people coming in with your vaccine it's not like they don't have vaccine they know how to make the vaccine in uh in uh in pakistan i think you're right i think that they're very suspicious and i think it's great that the taliban is killing them <laughs> it's like you know it, it, it's it's so obvious to me like you know, what what else are they trying to administer? You see that thing where Bill Gates was surprised that a Japanese TV show. Hold on, did you see this? It was pretty funny. Hold on, no, I don't have a clip. Bill Gates baffled by TV Tokyo show's rumor of world control via vaccination. <laughs> like he's never heard this. He, you know, I, I actually would believe he never has heard it. He has lost touch with the common man. Uh, Microsoft Corporation founder Bill Gates expressed annoyance over a Japanese TV program that spread rumors he was, quote, conspiring to control the world population through his efforts to promote vaccinations. And he had no uh, idea that this that this rumor was out there. <laughs> hey, Gates, listen to the show. <laughs> yeah, really? Have, what, have, have you never heard of? The best podcast in the universe. <laughs> All right, I got I got one last thing that is just okay. After that, fantastic. then I got one, then we're out. Yeah, then we're out. You got it. You got it. It's getting late here too. You know, it's like I'm going to fall down. So, uh, and again, uh, for those of you uh, wondering about all of this great stuff we've talked about today, it is in the show notes four seven one dot shownotes dot com. If you want to know, the, if you want to get to the show notes for the most recent episode, I've uh, created a redirect called now dot nashownotes.com so it's real easy you do now dot nashownotes.com the latest show notes will pop up with links to the show etc so nice the, yes thank you well it was actually not even my idea i think it was a c mic so um the united nations the office of uh drugs uh i think it's drug offenses which i like because they always publish reports which seem to be pretty true uh, in fact, they um, they they published the first reports that I recall, saying that the uh, world banks have been propped up by laundering drug money and hundreds of billions of dollars. And these reports don't get a lot of play in the media because you know I don't know they're truthful. But there is this office. You, you've heard this odd. You've seen these reports, John. Right? We kind of we kind of yeah. Like these reports this are fantastic. They're great. So they release the use of internet for terrorist purposes. 158 pages. And uh, you can only imagine uh, uh, all of the all of the crazy things terrorists do. Uh, but it was brought to my attention. Point number two zero one, and I want you to, I'm going to read this to you, and and I, and I, I want to just say, you can laugh at me all you want. You can laugh at the random dudes, but we are so ahead of the curve. We we were actually terrorists before we knew we were terrorists. Here it comes. Two zero one. A novel technique relates to the use of software-defined, high-performance, high-frequency radio receivers routed through a computer. In this way, no data is exchanged through a server and no logs are created. 
it is more difficult for law enforcement and intelligence agencies to intercept communications sent using this method, both in relation to finding the location of the transmitters and with respect to predicting in real time the frequency at which the communications are transmitted. This is exactly what I've been doing with the random dudes. This is PSK-31, this is uh, JT-65, this is the digital modes on HF, and terrorists are now using this. Look how awesome I am. <laughs> we have, we yeah, have, they'll be knocking at the door. Yeah, but the whole point... Maybe that's why you're in Amsterdam. But the whole point is... Come on, reveal the facts. They can't track you with this system. This is the interwebs of the future. And I would say, don't even get a license. Not, they can't find you. Don't even get don't screw the license. That. You're advocating lawlessness. I am. Stop definitely. it. Just, just get an HF rig, hook it up to your computer, put out a wire antenna, and you're good to go. Gitmo Nation. Hey ho. So the so the story that's uh, the big story in England is, of course, the woman who refuses to have her child go through a bunch of her kid is named Neon, by the way, which I think is odd. I don't know. I don't know anything about this. Well, how oh, okay. how about well, this? Play Play the clip. UK kid forced to get brain surgery. Oh, I don't know anything about this. In Britain, a high court judge has ruled that a seven-year-old boy with a brain tumor should have more surgery against the wishes of his mother. Sally Roberts told the court she wanted further medical advice before proceeding. Simon McGregor Wood explains. Sally Roberts' son will have surgery to remove his brain tumour, not because she wants it, but because a British court demands it. Her seven-year-old son, Neon, has cancer, and his doctors say he needs urgent surgery and a course of chemo and radiotherapy. His mother has always objected to radiotherapy and its side effects, and her defiance in the face of medical opinion has become a big story. Why are you so adamant that he's not to have this? It's not that I'm adamant, it's just I've been asking the whole time, please show me evidence that, that he does need this treatment. And the only thing they can come up with is a study from the 1940s. Okay, this is interesting, this is a big story. It is not a big story uh, in neighboring Gitmo lowlands. Well, it's not a big story here either, it's on the, off the BBC. So um, the thing that I thought was interesting about this is that she brought the point up, and I, they call it radiotherapy. Which is radiation, radiation therapy. Yeah, yeah. They, should... they call it radio, and that, that brought to mind a couple of things. By the way, they call it radiotherapy in in the UK, Canada, and Australia. No place else in the world calls it that because no, it's not I'm, radio. I'm, no, they also call it radiotherapy here in the lowlands. It's ridiculous. It's a misnomer. They don't want to use the word radiation, no. and and which also brings to mind, if you remember, the early days of the some of the craziness with the. Uh, with the naked body scanners, they say, oh, it's, it's the same as a radio. You know, it's the same as your phone. It's yeah. the same radiation you get from your phone, yes. which is a radio. Yeah, exactly. So they're trying to mix us. They're mixing up the idiots out there that they do want to think that radio and radiation are two different things. Mm -hmm. In this case, mm -hmm. I mean, it is two different things, but it's, but this is they're using radio. They're using it improperly as far as I'm concerned. Right. But anyway, so I started look. I looked into the history of radiation therapy. Check out the Wikipedia has got a really good history of radiation therapy. People should go read it. It's hilarious. And this woman's right. There's there's no evidence that radiation therapy does anything except from some anecdotal stories from the turn of the century. Really? So you're telling me that this entire industry based on uh, frying people's cancer out uh, does no good? 
just read the, the history and you can figure it out for yourself. I, there's, a, there's a very funny history because it includes the, a period of time in the early 1900s where, where radiation was considered a good thing, you know, and you should get radi- you should get jazzed, jazzed by some x-rays. Or, or they had these cups they used to sell, and they still see them on auction once in a while. It's a radiation cup. It's a cup made out of like, uranium or some alloy, and you put water in it, and then you drank the water, and you, it was good for you. This is crazy, crazy, <laughs> crazy history. Well, you heard it first here from Professor Dvorak, who uh, is, uh, is an expert. And, it's crazy. <laughs> and, of course, uh, did you not work at a, a, a radiologist uh station at some point in your illustrious career no that's one of the few things i never did <laughs> pretty much everything else you've done though oh yeah 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 all right i think that's good is that it yeah i got a couple other minor clips that are unimportant we'll uh, maybe run them out on sunday whatever i'm going to be up in port angeles at the uh, oh, really? at the bunker up oh, there that's nice well for sunday's show hopefully that's what you think yeah well yeah as if there's going to be a sunday yeah, yeah, right. It's still up in the air, which which reminds me, people should just give us all the you know just immediately dump their whole accounts into our account, and <laughs> right. we'll be in good shape yeah. if there is a Sunday. Yeah, if there is a Sunday. Well, it's day fourteen uh, of uh, Adam and uh, Miss Mickey living in exile here in Gitmo Nation lowlands. Double the rent, double the flavor, double the pleasure. Hoping we make it through to another day. As we await word. From our slave masters to tell us that we can go back to where we really want to be the land of milk and honey and of semi automatics. Coming to you from the lowlands here, from the canals of Amsterdam. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where we're going to have a white Christmas, I'm John C. Dvorak. Hey, John, I just want to say it was good working with you, just in case. You never know. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. You never know. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) All right, see you on the other side, maybe, if we're lucky. Here. Adios, mofos. The best podcast in the universe. Dvorak.org slash N-A.